Are we good, Samer? Yeah. All right. Welcome to the Habibi House podcast, the number one Arab American podcast in the universe. And we Straight highlight up. Arabs and Middle Eastern Watch creatives. Arab aliens. Arabs are now threatening aliens as yeah, well. That's great. Is this an immigration joke? The FBI is like, what's going on, man? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Habibi House podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the Habibi House podcast, the number one Arab American podcast in the universe. Universe. We highlight Arab and Middle Eastern creatives in the entertainment industry and in Hollywood in general. Yes, sir. And we're your hosts, Talal, Atif, and Asad. Um, we built this platform to provide a cultural outlet in an emerging medium that is podcasting and ride the new wave of Arab representation in Hollywood that's been a long time coming, but uh, still quite a ways to go. Mm. Today, we have the privilege of sitting down with the true maverick in the world of comedy. He basically started stand-up comedy in the Arab world and pioneered the way for all who followed. He's been hailed as the comedy superhero, see the cape, by AXS.com. Where is this guy? That sounds awesome. Where? The, and Rolling Stone called him smart, sophisticated, powerful, and hilarious. Only three of those are true, though. Prop it's all propaganda. <laughs> With a career that spans continents, languages, and cultures, this Lebanese-American set out to shatter barriers with his purpose-driven comedy. His first global event was captured in his hit comedy special, No Bombing in Beirut, filmed both in Lebanon and in Los Angeles. It premiered on Showtime and solidified his legacy as the biggest name in stand-up in the region. Nimr is back with a new hilarious show, Dropping Hot, yes, which sir. was filmed at the end of a historic record-breaking run in Lebanon, spanning eight sold-out shows eight, with over 10,000 people 10, 000, in attendance. Baby. So please help us welcome Lebanon's king of comedy, stand-up legend, and professional OnlyFans model. No, no, I mean, Twitch. sorry, Twitch streamer. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I need you guys, I need you guys to intro me at every show. <laughs> I got to buy tickets to my own show now. <laughs> thank you. Thank I you, think gentlemen. all sold out. I don't think All, all joking aside, thank you very much. That was very kind of you. You, you humbled me with your words. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you Did so you much really sell out eight shows? In Lebanon? Yeah. yeah. We could have added more, to be honest. I wanted to see my family, though. But it was at the... Wow. The venue was what? The O? Uh, oh. It was big, right? Yeah. I mean, it fits That's like o? about... Yeah. It used to be called O by Michel Faden. Um, and now it's called O Beirut. Beirut but it's in Antilles. So, you know, Lebanon, oh, it's not even everything's confusing. No, it's not even. Because <laughs> I know. It was so confusing. I'm like, it's Obey Beirut, but before you get to Beirut, you're going to want to take a left. <laughs> I feel, the, I feel oh, like next the, first time, yeah. the first time I ever saw you on TV or on um, the phone was when you were at the Casino. Yeah, that's where I, that was my first big, like, theater yeah. debut was at the Casino de Liban, which was like, which is an ultra prestigious venue. O and Casino are similar sized. Okay. O which is a bit like bigger. Oh, Casino. Capacity was what? Casino fits 1,015. And O fits close to 1,400, but like within the capacity, if you wanted to. But we would limit um, O to about 1,250 to 1,300 because okay. I'm always about giving the premium experience for the people that are there. Yeah. So it's like I always want like even when I have $15 tickets, um, I want them to be like my $15 tickets are what sells VIP tickets in America. Because mm -hmm. for me, I'm, I'm a staunch believer that if you're uh, going to a comedy show, money shouldn't be a barrier to enjoyment. Right. Right. You know, so it's always like no matter where you're seated in my in a venue that I'm producing the show, you have kick ass seats. Awesome. That's, yeah. that's obscure like views yeah. or no no obscure views? No not a single obscure view. <laughs> nice. We kill yeah. we kill I go to the venue in advance. If I find anywhere there's a pillar or anything, we kill those seats and if we've sold seats, we upgrade them for free. That's that's always been nice. my policy. Oh, right. Nice. 
Interesting. What's up with the whole casino thing? Like, I, I was just in Lebanon, and everything. There's a lot of casinos. Isn't there's like- one casino, the Casino du Liban. Oh, that's like the main casino. It's historic. It, in the '70s and '60s, when Lebanon was popping before the civil war started, the Casino du Liban was like a, a huge deal, especially in the Middle East. Um, you it's know, like tab- I mean, gambling. And I stuff mean, there's gambling, like tab- and then and and at the same time, it was Lebanon was on a on a whole different. Like now, everybody's trying to be Lebanon. Yeah. Um, Pretty usual. What, in what sense? In you know, like, attracting tourism, oh, okay. in the most in the yeah. most you know non. I'm not trying to say like oh they tr- they hate us because they ain't no. I'm, I mean <laughs> like they're trying to be Lebanon because the Lebanese model works. Yeah, and it worked in the 60s. Um, the model that doesn't work is a civil war, but the one that does work is the tourism and the Casino de Liban. You know that saying you always hear is like the Paris of the Middle East mm-hmm. and whatever. This guy thinks he's the Vegas <laughs> of the Middle East. Does that work? Do you think that analogy stands like the Vegas of the Middle East? Absolutely not. because Vegas without gambling is nothing whereas in Lebanon if you're not I mean first of all gambling isn't really a part of Lebanon it's just we have the one casino we're just talking about it you know which is that that's the one place and then I mean you're going it's either for the for the food the beach the people the partying the nightlife is second to none whereas in in Las Vegas the nightlife uh, pales in comparison to Mm -hmm. Lebanon but I mean if you go to Europe yeah Lebanon, you got to compare it to more epic party scenes that are going on mainly in Europe and whether I mean, you're going to we Germany were, or... We were talking about in the last episode where you could be at Sky Bar, mm-hmm. you're partying the night mm-hmm. away, and then like an Apache helicopter will just fly by yeah. during a war, and we're just... Yeah. Having, it's like... We were saying if, that if, there's, if there are the yeah. helicopters in Beirut, we go up to the mountains in Bremena. That's yeah, historically exactly. been what... Because Lebanese people just want to live. They're yeah. not part... I mean, I've been in, what, nine or ten different wars since I lived there in the in the 90s. We yeah. bombed multiple times. Never wow. picked up a gun. Never participated. Right. The wars have nothing to do with us. It's, yeah. it's proxy war, and we just have to I mean, endure it until it's The best it's done. summer right. I ever had in 2000, 2006. 2006. That was fired. Yeah, wasn't there a I war? I was 13 years old. Fired. <laughs> and there was a war. We were getting was- bombed by Israel, and, and they couldn't break the spirit. Nobody can yeah. break the I spirit. I mean, Lebanese people are very resilient. Um, they don't even wear seatbelts. I do, but they don't. That's true. I don't like to advocate for it, but they should. But I guess Lebanese people are like, if I'm going to die, I might as well do it on my own terms. <laughs> right. yeah. by, by not obeying. Grand, by not obeying yeah. basic traffic laws that are there for our safety. What right. traffic What did laws? you say about uh, everything being a suggestion, too? I remember this coming up in uh, in your bits. You're like, oh. yeah, there's traffic lights. It's a sug- Oh, the there's line. A- the line in yeah. the middle of the road. It's a suggestion. Yeah. I as a Lebanese person, you'd think that line, you know, the, the dotted line was kind of like, hey, you know, like if you want to move forward, like this is the best path. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. When I went to Lebanon, I was driving crazy. And then I came here. I was like, man, I'm such a good driver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they. Uh, How did you enjoy Lebanon when you went? Oh, it was amazing. Yeah? Yeah. Hell yeah. All I right. Mean, great. I'm happy to hear that, man. Thanks was, for coming. Oh, I'm surprised I mean, you even drive there. My, I don't think my parents would even my let me 13 drive there. year old cousin was driving a Mercedes <laughs> scooter. Yeah, he yeah was at like, that point, you got to drive. He was you like, can't. I'm driving today. I'm like, bro, who are you? <laughs> you go to Lebanon and you see like eight year old kids on a, on, a, on a scooter. It's like, there's all the you wires see four are four eight year old kids yeah. on a scooter. And they're drinking Almaza at the same time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> would they yeah. have a hookah on the scooter? The country's yeah. wild, dude. You're not even exaggerating. Yeah. <laughs> no. Jordan is not too different. Like, driving in Jordan, I you have Jordan. to have a freaking strong. Men, like mental state to yeah. be able to drive in that. Like Jordanian people are Lebanese people. adjacent in that sense. Like yeah. I've always felt like when I go to Jordan, I feel like I'm at home because Jordanian people are, they're rough and tough. Yeah. Right. They've been through it. 
Um, a bit rougher, even maybe than some in some areas. Well, they eat, they eat the Munsuf, dude. Yeah. Oh, I had a, I went hands. viral in Jordan because I eat Munsuf with my hands like a man. Yeah, the, and I had should. this whole bit about how Lebanese people wouldn't do it because they're like too gay, <laughs> right. and um, and by gay I mean French, and right. and, <laughs> yeah. and it was always like this really because you could like a Lebanese person would be like yeah, like he won't yeah. put his hands yeah. in, but the Jordanians, dude, they're like. They're, you know, they're, the language is mm -hmm. rough. Everything is rough. The romance, unfortunately, is too rough yeah. as well. Like, the yeah. way they talk to women is ridiculous. But yeah, it is. but um, as a people, they felt the closest to Lebanese mm. to meet. Interesting, yeah. Not yeah. that that's the yeah. benchmark to meet. It's right. just like I felt at home there. Like, I didn't feel like there was as much of a cultural barrier between jumping between Lebanon and Jordan for me as a Lebanese person as there was between Lebanon and, say, Saudi Arabia. Yes, of course. Lebanon yeah. and Dubai, which right. I don't really know what culture to go for. Right. Like, the Emirati culture is one culture and then Dubai is another one. So. What are the funniest countries in the, in the Middle East? Dude, it, contrary to popular belief, Jordan. Although everybody, there's a stereotype that Jordanians don't laugh. The Kashra. <laughs> the Kashra. Yeah. I, I just think that Jordanians Brown. don't laugh unless it's funny. But whenever yeah. I've, I've been there, I mean, maybe I'm just that good, but I doubt it. It's I, probably because the country's named after a basketball player. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> and, they're, and, and they don't even play basketball professionally. So, you know, like, it's like, <laughs> it's a whole. They're not bad at basketball. Are they really? Yeah, they got yeah, a team? Yeah, All right, yeah. respect. Not yeah. better than Lebanon. Respect. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. Lebanon, they're accountant by day, basketball by night, so it's not easy. <laughs> but uh, Jordan is. Uh, so is definitely honestly every country I've been to Kuwait they love to laugh Egypt. Saudi Arabia love to laugh more than anyone like when I go do shows there yeah they're wonderful because mm -hmm. they're because they're they're you don't know who's American who isn't there like they go to American schools they're tuned in right to the stand-up yeah. culture yeah I honestly think I don't think there's a single country in the Middle East where people don't love to laugh because we're oppressed culturally right. in every single regard yeah. so when somebody I comes in one country which is can we say it? <laughs> Anyways, um, so... It doesn't count as the Middle East. <laughs> it doesn't count. Didn't you do, like, some illegal shows in Saudi Arabia? <laughs> oh, yeah. What I was, was doing shows in Saudi long before it was... Um, legal. Legal because I have mixed crowds. You could do stand-up there, uh -huh. but you'd have to do it either only to men or separate the crowd. Really? And, yeah, I wasn't having none of that. So yeah. um, in the early 2000s, we would do these underground shows where thousands would show up. Really? And uh, which and part of Saudi Arabia? Jadariyad and Khubar. So did, we would go everywhere. Okay. Did people know about it? Like, did you get in trouble? Uh, we almost got in trouble once. The religious police tried to break into one of the shows <laughs> to <laughs> see what's up. Yeah, but I went out as um, the. Uh, I was wearing a suit, and uh, I went out and I got apple. This is one. This is not exaggerated. <laughs> a fucking iota. I got had Apple uh, headphones with the wire. Uh -huh. This is back before there was the AirPods. And the ones oh, that would come no. with the phone. <laughs> so I, I just, I pulled it out of my, I held the ear pot and put the wire in through my cuff. And I went out and only spoke in English to these people who don't speak English. And um, the religious police were not the cultural vanguards of right. Saudi Arabia. And uh, I was just, I just kept repeating Ambassador Smith because mm -hmm. that was the name of the American ambassador. Oh, okay. I'm like, is Ambassador Smith in danger? What's going on? Like, I just started saying stuff. <laughs> so you're saying, and they're like, ah, oh, Ambassador Smith, because they don't want to have a problem yeah. with the ambassador yeah. with America. Yeah. With America. So, right. so were you like pretending wow. you were like a? Secret I was service? pretending like I was Secret Service okay. to stop them from going in and just screaming and panicking. Wow. And the event, because the event organizer was like, get in the car and fucking go. Yeah. He's like, get out, get out now. And I'm like, what happens to the crowd? And he's like, who cares? And I'm like, no, not, not <laughs> wow. they're going down. I'm going down because I'm an American citizen. Yeah. So they'll just get me out of the country. Right. But the people watching my show are not. 
and um, they're going to get in trouble yeah. and they're probably going to use them to make an example out of people. Mm. So fuck that. So I went mm. out and I fought for my people. We wow. won. We basically, they just, they were like, who's organizing? And then I just gave them the name of the uh, competitors. <laughs> and then we, uh, and they, they left. That was the You're closest. Like, Bassam Yusuf. No, <laughs> no, no competitor organizer. Oh, I see. I see. There was no Bassam Yusuf at the time. I'm right. talking about 2006, wow. five. Wow. So I can't you, remember the exact date, you, but. I mean, you, so you really are the you, first. But I started in 1999. <laughs> wow. So I mean, it's not even the big You don't have like a 19. That was Damn. an awesome story, by the way. I mean, I was getting paid. So at the same time, like, I want to keep that money coming in. Yeah. That's true. Too. I, don't, I don't want people to be like, he's such a hero. Like, he went, he did, <laughs> I did these shows because I was getting paid. But when I get paid, it doesn't mean that I'm going to do a show I don't believe in. Yeah. And I know what the people want. They want to laugh. They want to sit down together. Yeah. Those shows in Saudi Arabia would go on for four hours. Mm. Nothing like that. And it, they would go on because people just didn't want to leave. Like they were in that moment together. Yeah. We were who we wanted to be. There was yeah. nothing foul going on. There was right. no sexual deviancy. There was. <laughs> it was just people who wanted to, 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 to laugh right. and not be fear, right. fearsome of one another. There right. were no men in that crowd that were like, it's a woman. Like nobody's like yeah, that. Yeah. The, the, the Middle East, the common theme in all countries in the Middle East is the government does not represent the people. 100%. Oof, yeah. Not even 100%. close. It does, I don't care which country you're from. I actually Lebanese government is uh, Lebanese government is a bunch of <laughs> disgusting, terroristic, <laughs> militia scum. And uh, I won't speak about other governments. I'll speak about mine because I'm Lebanese. Yeah. But I will just say that the other governments don't represent the people. Right? Yeah. Period. Yeah. What, what What do we need to do to to do they overthrow the government or something? Before no, they're overthrowing themselves. We're lucky that our government in Lebanon, at least, like implodes is is overthrowing yeah. itself because they have a complete lack of intelligence. So it, it's a matter of time. And the new generation of Lebanese people, what's wonderful about them is despite everything the country went through in the revolution, they stayed peaceful. Mm -hmm. So that shows such an evolution because our past generations, mm -hmm. you know, you take one government, sack it by force, put in another, and it's just a violent loop that continues. So we tried. We told them what to do. Yeah. We gave them advice. We went to the streets. We presented peaceful solutions. They didn't listen. They made their own bed, let them sleep yeah. in it. Their end will be... I mean, very violent. It's, it's crazy. Uh, I don't think I for that. a lot of corruption and the whole yeah. inflation thing was insane. I don't think I am like I don't really know the like Lebanon or the Lebanese history too well, but yeah, from what I've known, you hear like Bashir Jamal was like this good guy and all that mm -hmm. stuff. But then you depends who up. you ask. Exactly. Yeah. So then you know, for example, drive through different you neighborhoods. Don't, you don't learn about this stuff in history books or there is no. I could give you five history books from Lebanon in Lebanon. With different takes. Exactly. So the, I, I see it on, on like TikTok, for example, mm -hmm. the the true facts where mm -hmm. you know he, a guy who you thought I guess through propaganda was mm -hmm. like a good guy, mm -hmm. was orchestrated mm -hmm. uh, massacres, mm -hmm. like the Phalanges groups. There in is Lebanon. not a single Nobody, political party yeah. or politician in Lebanon, not one, not one, that isn't going to hell. If yeah. there is a God, there isn't one. And the reason that I say that with all confidence is you couldn't survive the civil war without being that person. You have to be. You can't, you, can't, you can't assimilate power in a civil war. By definition, a civil war means the division of the people. Mm -hmm. To assimilate power, you need the unity of the people or force. There is no unity of the people during civil war. So by definition, nobody who came up during the Civil War did so clean. And anybody who you, says, yeah. my guy is clean, yeah. is lying I mean, to themselves or misled. War is hell, yeah. period. What we presented during the revolution, and when I say we, I, I'm not talking about 
just the youth right. from like all the people. And I'm, I'm borderline no longer youth. So, but from all the people from different facets were all great solutions that involved stepping to the side, sharing power with learned ones. You know, what's, what's ironic about the Middle East is we pride ourselves in our education, mm-hmm. right? My son's a doctor. My daughter's a, 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 a lawyer. Yeah. She's a, she's a engineer. A engineer. He's a, this, she's a, that, but once they get that education, we still don't trust them. Mm-hmm. So they, they kind of like, cause, cause it's about power working in America. You see the, the difference, like a company here will be formed. You go into the company, you do well. The CEO says, put that guy in my place. Yeah. I'm going to go vacation on the beach. Let them do everything. I'm making money right. from that guy or girl in the middle East. They hang on. They hang on because it's not about whether or not you're successful. It's whether or not you have the title, the position. Right. The position. So had the, the idiocy of our politicians, which is, which is what's wonderful and why I know it's going down is had they stepped to the side, they could have maintained power, mm. made money, mm. continued to steal, wow. but now there's nothing left. Right. So they were too obsessed with their ego got in, in well they don't have the education rather as well to, to know how to I mean, do but it. even so in, in it's america turnover turnover of, of, of minds and and, and mm-hmm. uh, but even yeah. in america like we have old ass politicians too yeah. that, that, but the old ass politicians in america uh there's many right they, they don't have a they, they, if mitch mcconnell today or diane feinstein today goes out and says go to the streets there's not going to be a, a plethora of americans that are already armed that are going to go down to the streets mm-hmm. and that's not a reference to one political party in lebanon because some people might hear me and say that's hezbollah that's hezbollah that's the uwit that's everybody has arms in lebanon so if samir jaja or hassan nasrallah or any of these politicians they have people who go to the streets america isn't like that america you've got a bunch of old people because honestly politics is corrupt yeah. it's a corrupt game Right, the new wave of young politicians coming out on both sides of the aisle in America are very promising, uh, but the old ones are from the old times. They yeah. went through corruption, so yeah. they're you know they need to go. And that was we're not I even close. You can't compare, but the corruption in America is expensive. I've always said that in, in Lebanon there is corruption, and in the Middle East at every level. In America, can you buy a congressman? Of course, but it's going to cost you millions. Yeah, no whereas way. in in Lebanon, it's you know it's a, a couple of grand, and you're you're set. Yeah, I give just, him a, you I can think still, old Toyota and you got him. There, there's a I saying in Arabic, yeah. you, know, you buy the judge with a, yeah. with a, with a knefi. Oh, it, I love knefi. It's, a, it's just, bro, I'm ready <laughs> to be, be I'm ready to be bought. Knefi yeah. <laughs> queens. I just think in, in, <laughs> some of the best in, in America, it's way more under like low key. You know what you're going to get in Lebanon. In America, it's way more like you just don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, yeah. because it's out of, so it's out of our, like we don't, I see it because as a person who, who mixes with circles of powerful people, mm-hmm. I'm not powerful, mm-hmm. but who, who, who's been in the nightlife, you know, yeah. I get hired for their events. You see it. Yeah. I know it. I know what I'm capable. Yeah. I know what money can do in this right, country, right. but I, I'm not going to have the amount of money to do that in this country. You know what I'm saying? But the crazy thing is, is it's still doable. Like they're still for sale. It's, it's just the price is Everybody's higher. for sale worldwide. This is the human nature. Yeah. And this uh, episode is sponsored by uh, Hummus. What is it called? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we'll, get, we'll get that. We'll get to that. Oh, you have sponsors? Plug them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because we, we got to get that money to be able to buy the politicians. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, but it was crazy to see that even we don't have to dwell on this too long, but the insurrection like was a time where a politician in America called out for people yeah. and they showed up and yeah. they stormed the most. Holy political Obviously, they're, building. It, I mean, they're, 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 the, the people he called out, and once again, if people wonder if I'm Democrat or Republican, I'll make it very clear right now. I was bombed by both. 
Mm. Right, we're Arab. Yeah. So Same I find way. it hilarious wow. to see Iraqis voting Republican. I find it hysterical to see Lebanese people voting Democrat. Yeah. Either way, yeah. And Lebanese people, a lot of them, a lot of Arabs vote Republican. It's true. Um, yeah. and it's and it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, n- neither of them. Well, we care. have conservative uh, values. values. I feel like that Val- align with those. A, values a, is an interesting an oxymoron. word. Also very oxymoron. oxymoron yeah. Hundred percent. Values are conservative very values. Yeah. But I believe that the Democrats. Just so to make my politics clear, I believe the Democrat Party is way too far right. So that's where I am. Mm. So I'm not on any side of the spectrum. So with that established, uh, the insurrection was a joke. Yeah. Both from an Arab perspective of like watching people trying to insurrect a government. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> that's how they do it, my friend. I'm like, dude, have you ever like, and, and here's. Americans should know how to do that. Bro, what's funny is that they're so racist. This is the beauty of racism. They didn't think to ask Arabs. <laughs> they're so racist that they don't know that Arabs could be their biggest allies. Turn around, bro. Ask an Arab American how to overthrow a government. The Proud Boys and all these fucking jokes of, of insurrectionists. Get some Arabs on your side. Yeah. They would have helped out. But the, the, and they would have shown you how to do it. The insurrection was flawed and it was failed. And it doesn't work in America because what happens in countries where there are these things is the army splinters. Yeah. And the army in America doesn't splinter the way it does in Lebanon, mm. the way it does because – in America, despite the right-wing extremism that is here, the left-wing is not religiously co-opted. In Lebanon and other countries that had civil war, both sides were religiously co-opted. Mm-hmm. In Lebanon, you got the, the let's call it right-wing, You know, let's say you have Muslim versus Christian, but you also got Christian versus Christian, right. Muslim versus Muslim. Right. And everybody's religiously extreme. Yeah. In America, one side is religiously extreme, which is why a politician going up and calling for people to come down works yeah. because you have extremism right? and the other side isn't. What about uh, all the Satan worshipers on that side? Unfortunately, they don't <laughs> exist. It would be good if they did right. because then we could have some balance. Um, yeah. But if you look into the Church of Satan in America, it's a hilarious yeah. organization that is basically uses the name, but they have they just don't believe in any of this. They're really and like the, the Girl Scout. Right. Girl Scouts. They're, they're like, okay, I, I guess if you want to – any time that a, a far-right organization in America gets a law passed, they're there to kind of be like, cool – then we'll uh, put up a statue of the devil as well since we can put that in schools now. And then you see them backtrack. So it's good. In America, there's a very good way. Checks and balances. Checks and balances for people to fight back using laws and out positioning. We're lucky that Republicans in America are stupid. Um, Their education rate, this isn't isn't like (laughs) an opinion. Uh, They rank lower uh, in education. Uh, Republican states in America consistently rank higher in infant mortality, uh, lower in GDP, lower in education, higher in mass shootings, higher in crime consistently. And anyone who wants to debate that before you do that or write in the comment section, Google it. Don't come to me and bing it if you believe Google is biased. But it always makes me laugh when I hear Texas people say, don't California my Texas, whereas California literally bankrolls Texas, who operates at a deficit GDP-wise. And a lot of people go to Texas because they say it's cheaper. The hilarious part is if you have any modicum of understanding in finance, uh, you have more disposable income in California with the same job mm-hmm. than you do in Texas. You pay more taxes in Texas uh, for the same income that you would for the same job that you would right. in California. Employee rights in California, and, yeah. everything is there. What, what I'm just trying to say is that I I am not politically motivated. I like to look at the facts. Yeah. Of course, I'm going to have kids one day. Uh, and I, I look. A, I look. I, I'm yeah. like, where is the best place to educate my kids in America? It's not a Republican state. Yeah. Period. I mean, the, the, it's in the name, right? It's, it's called Texas. 
Taxes. That was actually that wasn't bad. <laughs> that wasn't bad. That wasn't bad. Just that wasn't bad. We're, gonna, we're gonna keep that one in. That made me stop for a second. That made me stop. But yeah, but, that, all I'm saying is that if I'm looking for the best, if you're out there and you're looking for the best place to put your money or to invest, you're gonna look for at a business point of view. You're gonna look for a certain market. And for me, I want to invest the future of my family and everything. I'm not going to a Republican state. No. I'm not going to Florida. I'm not going to Texas. I'm not going to any of these places because my property value isn't going to be guaranteed mm. because the country is run by a bunch of the, – the states are run by a bunch of clans. I'll stay in a place like California, which is the fifth largest economy in, in the, the world. world yeah. The state of California wow. has a larger economy than Canada, Mexico, India. It's Germany. Jeez. So I would rather be here, right, instead of be elsewhere because it gives my kids the best chance they're surrounded by successful and I, people and I, I found it funny because like in Texas and Florida they're they're pretty much half and half they're, it's very close calls in the races mm -hmm, too. Mm -hmm. um, and that's bad for them because a lot Horrible. of those people that are moving st are still going to vote blue and they're going to possibly tip in the I mean, next that, election we saw that in Austin yeah. So Austin, Austin, Austin's become very, very progressive yeah. in and Texas, not, and, not and Houston is becoming more and more progressive. Mm. Yeah. But what about the? There's no income tax, or there is there is no uh, income tax. States like state Florida tax, and yeah. in Texas, you don't have yeah. state income tax. So that means um, if you make a hundred thousand, you get to keep that whole hundred thousand. No, no, no. You, you have just, sales you tax. State, uh, state. You don't pay state tax. You have sales tax, and you Federal have tax. much higher property tax. So one of yeah, the states it, with the lowest tax. I'm not sure if it's the state with the lowest tax. It might be is California, hmm. with I believe is 0.7 percent property tax. It's kind of surprising, is yeah. Well, because the houses are more. So that's why, uh, like, if you take political bias out of it and emotion out of it, and right. you start to look at things objectively, right? It's it. What what surprises me about Republicans is they continuously vote against their own interests, both financially and progressively. What surprises me about Democrats is they continue to vote for people who don't do jack shit. Hmm. So Democrats will vote for people and those people go and they don't do enough, right? But I would much rather as an employee exist in California where if I unionize, it can happen as opposed to existing in a place yeah, like yeah, Texas. Look, look, what about the strikes? Yeah, what do you think you know, of that? I, mean, I love the strikes, bro. The companies in America are fucking ripping the people off. Yeah, And it's a worldwide thing. They're taking everything. You can't buy houses in America because companies are buying, what is it, 60% of home ownership right now is in corporations mm. in America? BlackRock. Wow. BlackRock yeah. and Vanguard buying out of here. You have fucking- Oh, uh, come on, guys. Apartments. Why you guys got to spill the beans? Oh, you, you, I mean- I'm BlackRock affiliated. I knew it, man. I could, <laughs> I could tell. So, Isn't that the cap? The sponsor, bro, we're headed, to, by we're headed towards a subscription economy. Yeah. Like, right, basically 10, 15 years from now, you don't own anything. You're just going to subscribe to live, mm. rent. You're going to subscribe to exist phone, with your electricity, your phone, your music. It's all subscription services. And they're buying up the property. And during COVID, everybody was arguing like a fucking idiot over the dumbest conspiracy theories in the world. So weak. And while we were doing that, companies were taking loans from the government, buying back their stocks, buying property, and then got all their loans forgiven. All of their loans fucking forgiven, and Americans still have to pay student debt. Get the fuck out of town. <laughs> and they now own the property that you pay astronomical rent for. Jeez. So that's that's the corruption that we're dealing with in yeah, America. Okay. And in Lebanon, we're dealing with a bunch of idiots. So right. yeah. take your choice. You're obviously very outspoken, mm -hmm. and I want to mention that um, in, a, in a bit. Mm -hmm. But let's. Uh, I want to backtrack and basically, like, how did this— even come to How'd you fruition. guys meet? Yeah, because like I I'm met still, him at Costco. I'm still, yeah, I'm still I, like we worked wondering. out at Gold's Gym. I know if you look at me, you can't believe that, but if you look at him, you can. 
yeah. and the mecca, the mecca <laughs> of bodybuilding. Right. But I want to tell you from like my perspective. Yes. Yeah. So I was in line, you know, about to order the greasiest pizza on the planet, you know. Uh, Dude, the, the Costco pizza yeah. slaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I know, I know. It's a big so, slice. Oh. Finest cuisine, finest <laughs> so good. And all of so that. good. Yeah. So I overhear Arabic being spoken, and I and I can tell that it's Lebanese. So I'm like, you know, you know how we are when yep. we hear, uh, hear our own kind in the back. Um, so basically, from a mile away, you exactly, can hear it. you can hear it, especially yeah, with my Kirk. my quiet, timid voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I turn around and I see this this guy, big guy, like wearing a ball cap. He's got like gray in his beat. I was like, who is this guy? And I see, you know, I guess your soon to be wife, yep. you know, Vanessa, Vanessa, right? And um, yeah. long story short, I was like, I was like, Shusmuk, and you're like, Nimr? Nimr. and I'm like. At that, at like at that moment, it, it clicked because I didn't realize. Like you know, you see you on TV. A lot of people, yeah, that happens with a lot of people. Because I, you know, you're kind of hidden and stuff, and obviously you're. I was like, on my Clark Kent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I had a hat on. Nobody could see me. Right. And you were like, <laughs> <laughs> no one could tell. You, you no one could tell. Also, like you know, you said you're like six five, right? So mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't realize that you were that much bigger in person. <laughs> An actual limit. Yeah, yeah. An actual limit. So then I go, you know, limit. I'm like. Esme Esad, basically. Yep. And you were like, is this a bit? Basically. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. <laughs> if you guys listening don't know, Nimit means tiger. Esad right. means lion. Yeah. So I was like, hell yeah. Welcome, welcome to the jungle. Bro. Welcome to the jungle, baby. Yeah. Here we go. I'm Esad. That's hilarious. Yeah, Nimit and Esad, basically. So yeah, and then you invited me to sit down and eat those yep. uh, fine we broke cuisines, bread together. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Costco. Bro- bro- Costco bread. Bro- chicken bakes. <laughs> chicken bakes together. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we had a great combo. And then, you know, we mentioned where we worked out. And it just so happened again, crazy coincidence, we worked out at Gold's Venice. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we just, you know, then I saw you, like, more and more, basically. And, and um, you went to a show. Yeah. So In I'm, Florida. I'm, right? I'm getting into that. Yeah. So, uh you were training for your wedding at the time, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah, you were training. training. Yeah, yeah I was gonna fight my wife. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I was like, Wait, I was like she must know who is the man. <laughs> you tra- yeah, training for the. Wedding. I was training Special to fit night. into a tuxedo and not look like a <laughs> right. fat ass. That's what I was doing. Yeah. yeah, but then you had a series of like, an unfortunate event. Didn't you have like a? Fuck it. I went. I had a show in Vegas, yeah. and I go. I had six shows in Vegas, and I got there. I had like a massive stomach ache, but I was like, whatever. I'm a man, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Did the first night of shows, and my wife was like, "Are you okay? You look like you're gonna die." I'm like, "I'm a man. Yes. Must have been something I hate, you know." And the next yeah. day, I did the shows. On the third day, I was like, "I'm I'm a bitch. I got <laughs> I'm dying." So we go to the hospital. Oh wow! I had a, my appendix was about to burst. Yeah, I fucking knew it, bro. And the I doctor was like, "I'm like, can I still do my shows tonight?" He's like, "We're putting you in surgery nah, right now." Yeah. He's like, "It's gonna burst," mm-hmm. and apparently, you can die from the shot. Oh, yeah. I didn't know oh, yeah. if it burst. My shit burst. Oh shit! Yeah. Did you die? <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm back. Perfect time. <laughs> did you, Did die you die? It felt like it. It's certainly, it's the worst. So pain yeah, it sucked. Man. It sucked. So we we did the surgery and uh, and then it t- it derailed my workout and everything because it had to be like a larger incision. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, and all that. But then, but I got I got into just enough shape to fit yeah. into the tux. No, I saw the vi- you just posted your anniversary video. Yeah, you know, congratulations. Thank you, on man. That. One year, me and my uh, and the love of my life, dude. My yeah. wife, incredible woman. How did that was you, how an did amazing it? post, by the way. It was, yeah, the caption was like so inspirational to find. You know. Dude, because like everywhere I go, I'd be telling people like I'm gonna get married. They're like, yeah. <laughs> everybody's so <laughs> negative yeah. and toxic. Yeah. Yeah. But man, it's fucking great, dude. Like if you marry the right person. Yeah. How did you know was she was? How did said. How did you know she was the one? We in my, I dated this woman 
six months before the revolution in Lebanon happened, the pandemic and the explosion in Beirut. Mm. You go through those. Wow. wow. Yeah. You go through those. And there we were at long distance when the pandemic started. You go through all of that and she's still by your side. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You better lock her down. Do you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like that's that's amazing for your yeah. second wife. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that is a hundred percent. Second wife. Yeah, I had so before it wasn't wife. I was engaged before oh. my first wife. What happened is I broke up with my fiance. So I went on tour and I was engaged and I talk about my fiance. She was Muslim, I was Christian. So it was a part of a bit where, you know, like people would talk about like it's never gonna work out because yeah. you're Muslim and Christian. And right. then my, my bit was like, No, it's just cause she was a slut. And <laughs> um and then I would have to say like it's hey, you know Hey, don't slut shame. Oh no, I don't there's you can't slut shame. That's also an oxymoron. I love sluts, but uh, it's different. It's different when the slut is somebody you're marrying. You right, understand? Like right. at the point, like let, let me phrase it this way: uh, when you have an agreement with someone that you're going to be faithful to each other, mm-hmm. and then they're not faithful to you, it changes the dynamic. Of course. Um, so I would make a bit out of it, right? Uh-huh. But before that, when I broke up with her, I just broke up with her, and then I, I, you know, got back to dating, mm-hmm. and uh, I want to date a Tinder date here in California, and hey. I'm with this 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 girl. She's American, and first date. I don't even remember her name at, at this point. It was like, we were getting to know each other. I'm sitting down and this Lebanese woman walks up, dude. No way. Who hey. is this? He's engaged. And she starts, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, oh, I'm wow. like, no, no, I'm not. And I'm like, I broke it up. And the Lebanese woman's like, you didn't say anything. Like, how are we supposed to know? Just, Obviously, this American <laughs> woman was like, absolutely not. Like, this guy yeah. is full of shit. Yeah. She laughed. I gotta go. And I'm looking at this Lebanese woman, like, how do you come up in like somebody's business? But then I was like, maybe I'm famous enough now that I need to announce, clarify. Announce things. Yeah. I never thought of it. Yeah. So I go on Instagram and I make a post where it was just, it said, I'm single. It was like a, <laughs> it was just like, I wrote on note on my phone. You I'm changed single. your status Wait. on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, I wrote down in the cop- caption, I'm like, like I, I, I didn't I know. Totally I totally thought that that was how you met Vanessa. I thought that yeah, was, thought she that was that a Lebanese woman. woman that came up. No. Oh, no, 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 no. You are married. No, 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 no. So I go, I go, and I, I go, and I put in the, I go, and I put in the caption like I'm single, so ready to mingle. I, like yesterday, I got accosted by this woman. Like, please, wow. if I'm in public, leave me alone. Like, I'm dating. Like, I'm a human being. I want to find love. Yeah. Like, I still am a family man. I still want. I'm not jaded by the experience. And I'm looking for someone, and I just put it out there. It was kind of funny. Yeah. But within five minutes of that post, I get a call from a Lebanese friend of mine here called Akram Abu Khalid. Shout out to him. Mm. And he goes, "Dude, you broke up with your with your fiance?" And I go, "Yeah." And he goes, "Oh man, I fucking hated her." Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, yeah. "Really?" You see how they really like, feel? Yeah. He's like, yeah. "Dude, there was this girl that I've always wanted to introduce you to. You guys would hit it off." Yeah. But this isn't a rebound girl. I'm like, "Dude, I've been broken up with this girl like with my ex for a while." Like, yeah, I just posted the picture. But yeah, I've been I'm just I had yeah. to because I'm getting attacked. <laughs> yeah. And he goes, "Okay, her name's Vanessa. This is her number." And he and that was it, man. And I wow. started talking to her. Went to Lebanon. I met her, and we started dating. And it was amazing. And then the shit went down. Mm. And during the entire shit went down phase of years where financially I was at zero because in the COVID it's, it's done. Like I was out. The COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I started Twitch streaming to kind of save my career to make some kind of income. Is that when the podcast kicked in? The podcast was kicking in. I was experimenting to see how I could make a living without being able to put people in a room. And, uh, and this girl dude never wavered. Mm. Like money didn't matter. Fame didn't matter. Her account is private. Like she doesn't, you know, like everything was, nice. she was always by my side. And I've always said like, you got to live with someone before you marry them to, mm. to you know, to, to argue with them and every. And this woman, we lived through things that were 
absolutely in a lifetime, yeah. one of them would be insane. We had all three compounded and she almost died in the explosion. She was very close wow. to the explosion and me being here, waking up in the morning and her being there in the midst of that, I can't yeah, explain to you the trauma of having, a, and I'm not here to say I was traumatized. The people there were traumatized, right. but there's also another level of trauma where you're most precious person right. in the world and you can't do anything. Yeah. Like she's on the phone driving around dead bodies and I'm sitting like trying to, wow. I have security footage from where she worked. She used to be the lead designer for um, Eli Saab, mm -hmm. the, the fashion designer, yeah. Lebanese guy. And she was in, his, uh, the windows all exploded. People next to her, like Jeez. arms gashed open everything. But dude, yeah. God bless. Like she was, wow. she was safe. But to see that, to go through that with somebody yeah. and instead of arguing or getting stressed out right. and her being like, I don't know, you know, losing, panicking. She yeah. was like, cool head. Dude, yeah. she, I will never, oh. like, she's a hero to me. Cause I was yeah. like, she's talking to me on the phone, calm, mm. collected. She voice notes me immediately, like, I don't want to wake you up. There was an explosion. We don't know what's going on. And I'm like, I'm already on LBC, and I'm trying to call her. Wow. We couldn't get through. Finally, we get through. She drives home. She stays, you know, level-headed. She gets PTSD from the thing. Mm. Like, afterwards, mm. loud noises, explosions don't help, yeah. right? Yeah. And she was, you could tell, but she never, she was like a warrior, dude. Yeah. Like, she's like, you know, everybody's been through this. We're going to get through yeah. this. When you go through all of that, she had a business over there, all the money that she had in her bank accounts stolen, wow. right? All my money that I had over there gone, Jeez. all the property that we own valueless. You go through that and you're still laughing, you're still smiling and the love is even stronger. Yeah. So when you ask me like, how do I know she's the one? I already knew and then all of that happened and I was like, get it, like, yeah. Come on. it's not about locking yeah. it down. It's like, for the love of God, right. don't, don't, like, don't do not it. fuck this up. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and I think my, my previous relationships were teaching me how to understand the value of a woman. I've been cheated on multiple times. It never went into a, a relationship because it was always like, well, that's because I chose wrong. Right. I did the wrong things. Right. A lot of people don't take accountability. accountability. So I make jokes out of like, oh, you know, my ex was a slut or what. These are jokes to entertain people. In yeah. the reality, my perspective is like, you got to know how to choose the person that's compatible with you yeah. for what you want and move forward and you have to know how to celebrate and respect that. Right. So I try every day to celebrate and respect my wife because she does that every day. Yeah. So she grew up in Lebanon? She grew up in Lebanon but also moved here shortly after she started university there. She moved to Miami. Um, she spent a couple a year here with her family in DC, the rest of her life in Lebanon, then moved out to Miami to study design and worked here for years in Atlanta and Miami. She worked with Berkshire Hathaway. I'm nice. so proud of her. She has like an insane resume work-wise, but her ambition, she went back to Lebanon, yeah. worked for designers there, opened up her own company, worked with Eli Saab, mm. dropped that to move here, mm. to marry me and to live with me. And I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a clown adjacent. I'm a comedian. Come on. No, I mean like realistically, yeah, I mean, nothing that I put out there is necessary. Uh, I, mean, I would disagree with that. No, I mean, it's necessary. It helps. Comedy is necessary. I Comedy like. is necessary as a relief. Yeah. But if you have to choose between my show and food, you're going for food. I mean, do you get what I'm saying? Sure. So, yeah. I mean, like, she's taking a chance on me. I'm not yeah. in a corporate structure. Yeah. I'm not, yeah. nothing about me is guaranteed. I see what you're saying. So, you get a woman like that's a ride right. or die. Yeah. yeah. That is a ride or die woman. Yeah. And, dude, they don't, they don't build them like that mm -hmm. anymore because the men aren't built like that. A lot of men today don't deserve a ride or die woman. Facts. But when you find one, you better believe you better be. Yeah. up to the challenge, man. I, women are heroes to me, so now, and she's mine. At this point, awesome. like it sounds like obviously a lot of certainty mm -hmm. um, 
for the young men out there dating and trying to find their one, was there at any point any doubt that you experienced and how did you handle that? Or was it purely like, I know 100% A to Z the whole time? No, I had doubt because I traveled a lot and I was like, it's becoming problematic for me to be able to marry or date somebody from Lebanon because I'm long distance all the time. I can't get to know this person. Right. And that was a problem for me why a lot of the women that I would date would end the, the relationship would end because you're visiting it's it's happiness right you're, you're flying in you're going out yeah. you're partying for a couple of weeks you're not arguing right and then long distance you know time zones you have like a few phone it's calls tough. you're not going to argue you don't really get to know each other yeah um so that was the doubt was i don't think i'm going to be able um to marry somebody from my country i might be able to marry a lebanese but not that that was important i would date anybody i don't mind uh, um literally any race yeah. um any background right black white asian uh, I, I wanted to, you know, because the human being yeah. is is fascinating to me. Yeah. And, um, and like even when you wanted to, some more unfortunate events happened, right? Mm-hmm. So when you came back, didn't she get stuck in Lebanon when you got married? Or what was the time? There was of the lawyer that, here screwed us over yeah, yeah. and the paperwork, she messed it up. And uh, we were facing a lot of a lot of hurdles. We were always there were always hurdles yeah. to everything we were doing. Things yeah. would pop up like country level events mm. and. And it was always like the phone call would always be like, or the meet to meet, like if we were in the same country or we were talking, it was always like, it wasn't like, I hate this. This sucks. You know, from my end or her end, it was like, here's the problem. How do we solve right. it? Let's do it. We do it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think my advice to everybody out there is if you are a family oriented person and that's important to you, become the man deserving of having a family, gay or straight. And if you're not a family oriented person, don't put somebody through that. Mm. Don't get a woman to satisfy your parents, have kids, and then cheat. Yeah. If you're a family-oriented person, be that man. Yeah. Yeah. If and if decide, not, have yeah. fun, man. Tinder's out there. <laughs> Everything's out there. Date, enjoy, yeah. or find a girl that doesn't want kids. Right. You know what I'm saying? Don't And do not, for the love of God, think kids are going to solve your problem. Mm. Don't have kids. Mm. To yeah, add no. spice to the relationship, be an adult and or even marriage for that break. matter. Right? Exactly, don't do it. But. So, but if you want to, if you're after the miracle of marriage, and it's a miracle, dude, because there's somebody in my house. I read this comment online. Somebody was like, "People said marriage sucks, but it's great." There's somebody in my house, and they love me. Yeah, dude, it's yeah. incredible. And I live a life of uncertainty. Yeah. You want it must that be nice. Rock. It is, man. You'll find it. Traditionally, like. I'm 39 now, just to clarify. I I found my love at like 35, 36. So just don't put a time limit on it, you know? Don't rush. And, you know, you were lucky enough where, you know, you had it happen at 35, but a lot of people get stuck in relationships and marriage really early, especially like pressures from society, especially in Arab culture. Parents. Like, why aren't you married? Married. What are your thoughts on- get married, go. (laughs) What are your thoughts about that? Like, just marriage and Arab culture and- and, In general, Arab culture hasn't resulted in very many good things. Whoa. Hmm. For us. Explain. I don't see a lot of peace in the Middle East. Do you know where you are? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I I don't see a lot of peace in the Middle East. Uh I don't see a lot of economic- uh, success for Arabs that doesn't have to do with Europeans. Mm-hmm. So a lot of Lebanese people have to leave the country to make a living. Mm-hmm. A lot of Saudi Arabians have to bring in foreign investment and foreign views. Yeah. A lot of Emiratis, the same, Kuwaitis, etc. Um, the oil brings the money, right? But and it brings the foreigners, right? So in that respect, our culture hasn't produced viable opportunities for a future-looking. 
Arab society. The good elements of our culture that have produced, that have allowed us to make those connections with Western world, Asian world, et cetera, have been our hospitality. Right. When we respect our religion, right. not use our religion, there's right. a huge difference yep. between a Muslim and a Christian who respect their religion or a Jew or a Muslim and a Christian and a Jew who use their religion. Right. Israel uses their religion, the Zionists, right. to ruin Palestinians on a daily basis. Yep. Uh, Muslims, extremists like ISIS, use their religion to yep. ruin the cultures of it. Christians, like the Phalanges forces in, Amer in Lebanon, use their religion. Right. They put a picture of St. Mary on a machine gun. Yeah. Incredible. Wow. The leap there is fantastic. Very Republican. Mm. <laughs> Very Republican. That's something yeah. you would see in Texas. Yeah. Very incorrect. Yeah. If you even flip through the cliff notes of, of the book. Of course. Right? Yeah. And I, I'm a Christian, so that's why I will not speak on my Muslim brothers and sisters, our Jewish brothers and sisters, but I will go a bit deeper on the Christian right. side because I know it for a fact. Yeah. But we can all agree yeah. that if you're religious, especially in a religion like Islam or Christianity— that you're going to be peaceful. Like, that's the whole you have point. To be, it's yeah. in the name. Right. And I've studied the Quran, and that is a beautiful book. Yeah. You're, you're saying you, don't, you, you, you do war, you find a barren land. If you have to fight where there are trees, every tree you must plant, right. X amount of trees in their place. Avoid in, women, avoid children. Avoid women, avoid children. It's don't pillage. Don't pillage, but don't I, rape, don't, you know. But who's, is ISIS following that? Hell no. Hell no. Also, don't aggress, don't commit. Don't aggress. aggress. I don't, don't even consider them to be. Muslim. They're not Muslims. Yeah. Of course they're not. They are not Muslim. The Phalanges forces in Lebanon are not Muslim. Uh, are not Christian, sorry. Right. Uh, and the Zionists Bush. are not religious. No, no, they're not. So yeah. what a lot of people mistaken for anti-Semitism, which is hilarious in America, because we're Semites. Right. You can't say an Arab is an anti-Semite because then you're basically excluding yeah. Israelis from the Arab identity. Right. Because we're all Semitic. If you're saying that Jews and Israelis come from Israel and that they were, if that's your claim. Right then they're Semites, we're Semites, that's the bottom line, right? There is a huge difference right. between being anti-Zionist and anti-Jewish. Anti-Jewish, not acceptable. And I love to see the fact that Americans on the pop, on, in, the, in the commercial sense, mm -hmm. the general population in America is now waking up to the detriment of Zionism and the extremism and racism of Zionism because they're seeing the parallels between it and the far-right extremism in America yeah. or yeah. far-left extremism. Yeah. You know, I went to, I have a friend that uh, told me, he lives out here, he grew up in LA, and uh, he's a Persian Jew, mm -hmm. one of the most educated guys I know, like, mm -hmm. he sounds like a Ben Shapiro if he was more... If he wasn't such likeable. a... Likeable? Yeah, yeah. If he wasn't such a, 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 a grifter. Right, robot. Yeah. right, and he's a music, music producer, like, we work together. Anyway, he told me that he went to school with <laughs> the granddaughter of the lady that started the organization that began this um, PR campaign to conflate anti-Semitism mm -hmm. with anti-Zionism. Mm -hmm. They wanted to, there was an intentional Brilliant. organized of effort oh, of course. to make it to where you cannot criticize the political state of Israel of without it being called anti-Semitism. Anti and he's like, I knew the, the daughter when they started this. It was a whole campaign. So. It's, it was incredible. And, and kudos to them because I know for a fact that anybody would do the same if they were in a similar position. If you're Zionist and your goal and your objective is to maintain a power grip and the money coming in from America... That's the strategy to go. What I fault Arabs with is that instead of facing that and saying, okay, we can easily counter that right. by using information, knowledge, and tactics. We spent the last 50 years fighting each other. We start fucking beating each other. Either fighting each other or exploiting yeah. Palestinians. Mm. You can't tell me that the Palestinians have not been exploited by more by the Middle East, by Arab countries, than by Israel. How yeah. so? How so? Yeah, because Jordan annexed. 
Egypt and the fact that all of us basically like even the the military planning that went into the seven day war was a fucking joke. They yeah. didn't go in to there liberate Palestine. Any. They went in to get land. And then the Arab League. So the Arabs like threw them under the bus. Basically. Bro, the Arabs throw each other under the bus every single day. Give me the Arab goal, please. Any goal. I'll take any goal. Smell like the Yor Sauvage. There's nothing. Saudi Arabia has a goal. <laughs> Egypt has a goal. Lebanon has a goal. Yeah. Everybody has a goal. None yeah. of them. And if you go to a Saudi Arabian even, goal, I can't, I even, don't know. Even that is light. It's not a goal. Yeah, I mean, no. there is no, you know, it depends on who's leading at the time and right. what he thinks the goal is. And yeah. you want to tell an, a Saudi Arabian from 20 years ago that what Mohammed bin Salman is doing today is what's, what was going to happen. They'd say, no, you're full. There's no way. Yeah. He's like, what? Yeah. A line all the way yeah, down yeah, the country. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so the bottom line is the, the main difference is that we're purposeless. And when you asked me earlier about uh, Arab culture, that's the main problem we have. We focus on things that don't matter. You got to get married young. How about you got to have a purpose in life? Mm. Why don't our parents put pressure on that? So instead of saying, how can you marry someone and you both don't have a purpose? What are you marrying for? What's the conversation you're having with your significant other where you're saying, I want to do this one day. And they say, I want to do that one day. And then you know if you're compatible or not. Mm. Yeah. And then if you are, you say, okay, how can we help each other grow? Right. Yeah. But if you're a guy who's saying like, I want to be a doctor. Okay. And then what? I'll see when I get there, how are you getting married? Yeah. You know, or I want to be a DJ. I want to be whatever. Like, okay, but what's the goal? You want to be a DJ, but do you want to produce your own music? Mm. Do you want to be a guy who does weddings? All of them are viable. Right. All of them are viable. Yeah. You know, what, what are you doing? What is your exact yeah. goal? We yeah. don't have that in our culture yeah. and Zionists it's, do. It's yeah. very like performative. I think marriages and, and that all in our culture. We worry culture. about what other people think. Because, because yeah. culturally, to be the most we come from an marriage. educationally poor culture and that's why i think when 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 like my parents came to this country they're like okay we're trying to get this american dream we're going to do whatever job we need to get our kids to have this education to go and get a job that's stable be a doctor lawyer engineer stable is the you key. know because they like, escaped the middle east because of a lack of stability exactly right? so the credit to them they'd make that sacrifice yeah but they still didn't know why they were made they're like we want them to be able to be stable so right. the for what though yeah. right for what? It's, it's just like when you're in survival mode, it becomes hard to plan more than one step ahead. And that was the intelligence of how the Middle East has been divided. We've been constantly right. in survival mode. So we haven't been. But that's that's why, our fault. Why don't but we that, stick but, together? But is it our fault? It, it is our fault because 100%. We, well, the leaders' fault that let us be, be divided. At the same time, it's the people's fault. Also. It is the people's fault. Uh, I'll take my country. Once again, I don't like to speak about other countries because— I mean, we're all Arabs. We're all Arabs. But I mean, I feel like as a Lebanese man, talk about yourself— and let the others talk about them. So I, I, yeah, I you know what I'm saying? I don't live in these countries like yeah. I have in Lebanon. Yeah. But in Lebanon, I can, I can, I can say I'm an author, I'm, I, I'm authority enough to be able to have an opinion right. and not be a jackass. The biggest attack that ever happened in Lebanon was the explosion that happened in 20, mm -hmm. uh, 2020 mm -hmm. on August 4th. That was a Lebanese made explosion. And it was a Lebanese made explosion because for six years we put tons of ammonium nitrate, which should not be in a humid environment, in our port. So some people come up and say, oh, Israel bombed it and blew it up. Here's the truth. Absolutely not. Negligence. Negligence. There was a fire that broke out for hours, and then the explosion happened. But even if you wanted to say that for the six years that were there when the Taliban, ISIS, and Israel all had wars going on with us in that country, you got to thank them. Because it was public knowledge that they could have just – one ISIS guy could have walked into the port and decimated the country. 
But even they thought that that was too far. Our own government left it there. End of story. So the bottom line is, why do I say Arabs have ruined the Middle East? And that's why I say these, the Arab culture is something we need to assess and change and reassess. Yeah. Is we need to, moving forward, we need to build our culture based on like-minded people working towards a common goal. It's not about setting aside your differences. It's about finding a common goal. Mm. Once you find a common goal, you don't need to set aside differences. differences are there is no, there, I'm a Christian and a Muslim. I don't have any cultural problem or difference between the two. Of course. A Muslim thinks Jesus isn't the son of God. Big, I don't care. You still, we're all good. It's fine. Right, right. My question is, does the Muslim guy want to shoot me in the face? No. Does, do they want to raise a family? Yes. Do they want to be happy? Yes. Uh, so do I. So I take a look around. I see a bunch of Arab people who are super talented, super smart, super intelligent, servicing other people. Yeah. Why? Service each other. Let's yeah, let's work yeah, together. Yeah, it's our yeah. time. Yeah. It's our time. And I know that the new generation is like that. And I'm yeah. so excited. I think what you said is huge about like the turnover of of the of the minds and the power where mm -hmm. like the old generation hangs on maybe too too strongly to their positions to because, their wealth because they're not well educated. Right. Yeah. So if you take a look at large family units, right? Um, back in the day when you'd have you know Irish Catholics here in America would have families of 10, 15 kids, right? Back in the day, especially in villages in like Lebanon and and all over the Middle East, you don't have wealth. Right? You couldn't get a Lamborghini right. and drive it around. You couldn't buy a house in Solidar and show it off. Your wealth was the size of your family. Yeah. That's why there's that pressure to get married. Yeah. That's why there's that pressure to get kids early because that, was, um, that has been historically linked with status. Right. But today, you have to ask yourselves, you young men here and young women and everything in between and beyond, you got to ask yourself, am I, what is my worth and what am I working towards? And if your worth is in making a big family, respect, then you got to build your personality around that. Right. If your worth is in opening a company and doing this and having employees or gaining the independence for your people of Palestine or doing this or that, you got to gear your world towards that. Yeah. So we got to start becoming an objective-driven culture. I like it. And, uh, yeah, like so again, to kind of tie this all back in, you so essentially you are not – for getting married early, you don't. Like, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not for getting married like ever, pressure, yeah. unless yeah. it's with the right, the right person. Because then you bring kids into the equation, yeah. oh, and then you fuck up the kids. Great, yeah. great, right. fantastic. And, um, yeah. yeah, you also, gotta heal first. You gotta, you gotta be, you gotta be able. First, my first advice: Can you hang out with yourself? If you can hang out with yourself, can you go watch a movie by yourself? Can you go to a restaurant and sit down by yourself? If you can do that and you enjoy it, then start looking for somebody else. Yep. If not, you got more work. Right. This is something right. that I saw. Uh, you were talking about in a different interview about Arabs and their, we needed to get better branding. Oh, yeah. Our marketing is fucking horrible. Uh, um, how, how do, how do, what do you think we should do? And how, what do you think about how we have been being portrayed in the media and has it gotten better over time? It has. It's definitely gotten better over With time. More voices in our community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely gotten better over time. Less terrorist also, roles. Big, big shout out to all the, the, the Arab Americans, Rami, Mohammed, all of these guys yeah. just it's not easy, man. Yeah. Getting to where I mean, they got through right. Hollywood. I saw Mo like a couple weeks ago. He was like, it took me twenty years to get my mm -hmm. show made. I was like, damn, mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. that's insane. Like mm -hmm. I Damn, yeah, ten dude, more he years deserves. <laughs> Isn't he like thirty? He's like forty something. Oh, no, he no, he's not young. Oh yeah. wow, none he's of us. He's been are doing young. it for nobody a while. in America who makes it is young, mm. unless 
it's a like a nepotism, right? <laughs> or or like a one like Rami isn't. You mean an Arab? Rami is an is Arab young, American. Arab American or American. Okay, you'll take a look at uh, Louis C.K. did stand up for 20, 30 years. Bill Burr, 20, 30 years. Yeah, everybody was in the game and working hard, but then when they make it, they capitalize on that. Right. Yeah. So right. you really to make it in Hollywood without yeah. nepotism or without a fluke. Yeah. It's Tired hard work. work. So to look at Rami or to look at Mo or Maz Jobrani or uh, Ahmed, Ahmed. Ahmed, Ahmed, any of these guys or, that, or a succeed. I haven't made it in Hollywood. Do you like to, as a TV guy, yeah, I've gotten a Showtime special. I've done incredible things, yeah. but like, I'm not a good, I'm, I'm a shit actor. I'm just going to be very honest. I, and um, when I do auditions, it's like, I'm like, I wouldn't take me. <laughs> and I just love doing stand up. Yeah. I, I, I've always been like, if I become an actor, it's going to be good to sell more tickets for stand up. But yeah. These men are great at stand-up, yeah. but they're also the, the business of Hollywood is totally different. Yeah. It's not a it's yeah. not like you're funny, therefore you make right. it. Mm -hmm. I honestly think you're exceptional at stand-up. That and, means a lot. And Thank I'll, you. Be, I'll be honest. Like I hadn't seen you. your material until uh, like we learned we we're gonna interview you and then okay. I binge watched your your stuff. And I thought you were fucking hilarious. Oh, dude, dude like, thank you. That means incredibly hilarious. That really means Seriously, a lot. I like, hope you always feel that way. Thank no, you. Absolutely. Thank and you. I, I, one, one of my favorite comics is Louis C.K. He's hilarious. I think he's really funny. He's very smart. And you struck me as like, he's I don't want to compare smart, you too much, but like, I, I don't masturbate Arab. in front of women. But yeah. but yeah, Besides apart that, from that, apart from that, just big compliment. Damn it, he works twenty years. <laughs> like and he just ruined he just it all. With ruined it all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, imagine getting a woman to your like hotel room. Like she's it. Like the deal is closed, my man. Yeah. And then you're still masturbating. Like, goddamn, bro. That's <laughs> that. That to me is the is the craziest yeah. thing of the whole thing. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. But um, do you feel like you can't really get canceled because oh, he wasn't canceled? Yeah, like because you you know he's he won a fucking Emmy. He has a lot of a lot of fans. You know, like as a stand-up comedian. That's what Hollywood's about, though. They would like that. You can say well, more. Hollywood did cancel him, right? Like yeah. his movie got his show, canceled. His show. his show got canceled. It's like, look, you fuck up. But he sells tickets. He sells. You, you fuck up. You're gonna lose an audience, right? Some sometimes you fuck up. You gain an audience, right? Of really bad people. Like yeah. sometimes you become. You say some incredibly racist shit. Now you're selling more tickets than ever. Yeah. But like, are you comfortable with that audience? Right, right. That's that's a different story. You don't get canceled. Cancel culture does not exist. Mm. It's the biggest joke as a Lebanese person where cancel culture involves getting death threats from actual terrorists and militias who come to your house and try to kidnap your family. And then Americans are like, they're tweeting about me. It's like, bro, <laughs> shut the fuck up. I would do to hear another comedian, bro. This baffles my mind. If George Carlin or fucking um, legend Bill Higgs were alive today, they would be fucking destroying these comedians mm. because I, I cannot fathom another standup comic complaining about being canceled on a Netflix special they're getting $50 million for. Bro, if that's getting canceled, cancel. Please cancel. Yeah. For the Chappelle. love of God, cancel. Dude, their whole identity has become... I fucking... Dave Chappelle is an icon. Right. I will never be like Dave Chappelle. I only wish I could be half the comedian he is. But let off it already. Yeah. Move on. Give us material that actually matters. Instead of going up, getting paid $50 million for me to hear about your problems, since when did comedy become... Mm a master servant relationship. Mm. Comedians are in service of the audience. Yeah. Bill Higgs said this in the early nineties and he's prolific for this. He said, politicians and religious people get paid to do, uh, sorry, uh, comedians get paid, right? Mm -hmm. People pay money to see a comedian. Religious people and politicians beg people to see them for free. Mm. He goes, but here's the difference. Comedians, you're not paying to see a comedian. He goes, here's the difference. The difference is a comedian, they're giving you money and saying, Make us listen. Mm. There is a chasm of understanding there. Make us listen. You're there. They're paying you 
so that you give them a reason to be there. Mm. That's the difference. Mm. You're in service of the audience. Yeah. You watch old Chappelle specials or Chris Rock specials from the 90s. They would talk about, in hilarious ways, race relations, uh, terrorism, black perception in America, uh, all of these Carlin specials, Bill Hicks special. Today, it's just like, I'm famous. This is some funny shit that happened to me. Somebody tried to cancel me. Yeah. Fuck them. Yeah. That's not, you're no longer in service of the audience. Right. Right. Nobody's getting canceled. Yeah. The only people who are getting canceled are people who weren't funny to begin with. Yeah. They just didn't have an audience. They're using as an excuse. You can't say anything anymore. Bro, all I hear be funny. is people saying you can't say anything yeah. anymore. Then shut the fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. You can say that. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. If you can't say anything anymore, why are you on my Twitter feed? Talking? You got a right. billionaire buying up Twitter for you so you can continue to spew the dumbest shit I've heard in my life. <laughs> that's that's what it is. That's that's what you were worried about. That's a great take. Comedians like Anthony Jeselnik and Bo Burnham are like far and few in between who actually actively say we're not doing enough. Yeah. Enough in terms of being politically correct. Yeah. I'm on that camp. I love the fact that I used to say retarded. Somebody called me out on it and I no longer say they educated me. Man. In what dimension do we exist where I, as a comedian, do not want to grow? Yeah. I want to learn. I want to make mistakes and learn from them. As long as I'm not inherently sexist or racist, right. I want to learn from them. Yeah. Yeah. Period. So let's do it. I love that we're overcorrecting. Yeah. It's a pendulum, dude. We were in the wrong direction. I right. lived here in the fucking 80s <laughs> and in the early 90s when America invaded Iraq and we were getting death threats on the phone because you had the yellow pages mm. and they would see Abu Nassar. I'm not even Iraqi. They'd call up our house, say they're going to rape my mom, throw rocks through our fucking window. The FBI changed our number, offered us witness protection. I was wow. here when that was fucking happening. Not witness protection, sorry. Um, uh, identity protection. They, they, There were all of these things that we existed and we lived through, mm. right? Mm. And that was because we were in a highly racist, non-immigrant friendly, disgusting country, yeah. which was America. Now America is beautiful. Yeah. Look at the cuisine, the food, the wealth, the education. The education in the 90s and the 80s was, dude, America got absolutely eviscerated by Japan in the car wars with Detroit and Japan going head to head because Asian education, culture, and discipline was so much better. Yeah. But today- we can go toe to toe yeah. because we've had so much Asian influence, American, uh, uh, black influence, right. uh, Arab influence, European influence. Yeah. So this is what I want. And if we're out there arguing about pronouns and and what to do, and I'm I I want that debate. Yeah, I don't I don't know if we should be asking people their pronouns, but I want to know if we should be asking. Let's talk about it. Why are people losing? Why are we losing our shit over pronouns when we can't afford a fucking house in America anymore? Like, it's ridiculous how easily sideswiped everybody in the world is by the dumbest shit in the world. If I have to hear another person complain about the gay agenda and they're not gay, I'm going to lose my fucking mind. I don't hear anything from gay people. I just hear from outraged straight people. Get me a gay person to try to come and take my kids away. I want to see it, man. <laughs> At this point, I can't wait to see it. Yeah. It doesn't exist. Well, some some of those people will, will, will say, like, the reason we're complaining is because these people are bringing up issues such as pronouns where? when we have bigger problems. Where? where? Like, you're saying, why are they worried about, why are they complaining about the pronoun thing? Yeah, where where is the pronoun thing affecting our lives? But right, give, saying, me, give me an example in the last month that me, you, you, and you had a problem with the pronoun. I mean, I don't personally have any. No, no, know, I mean, like, I like it affected you. Yeah, no, it hasn't. Yeah, you're right. It hasn't. It like, hasn't. give me, somebody, somebody, please, give me an example where a pronoun ruined your life. I don't even know what a pronoun is. Bro, it, 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 there's a, a few people. It started out as a fringe request from some left-wing people. I'm going to call them left-wing gay people, the LGBTQ community. Some people said, respect my pronouns, right? Mm -hmm. Ask me, I want to be a he, him, not a she, her, or a they, them, 
right? And instead of being like, sure, whatever, no problem. Uh, so yeah. can you do this job? And then we moved on. America sat and latched onto it. Now it's become a global issue. Yeah. Bro, it's a fucking pronoun. I don't care what the fuck you want to be called. My question to you is, how are you going to enrich my life? That's all I want to know about. Okay. Do you think it's more like what they're concerned about is the the My the point is the people who are the people the reason we keep hearing about it is because just like comedians who keep saying that they're getting canceled and they can't say anything anymore yeah. but nobody's canceling them it's the same type of people who are saying that pronouns are going to ruin everything and nobody's talking about I don't know any gay people who've ever come up to me and said I want you to say these as my pronoun and if they do I'd be like cool. Right. Yeah. Like okay, let's move on. Like I think what? on an individual level, it really doesn't matter. Like of course it doesn't called, matter, man. What really keep... matters, we're not talking about, yeah. it, and people, we need to talk about what matters. People talk about like bathrooms a lot, bro. They talk about bathrooms. <laughs> they talk about sports. Bro, for fuck's sake, sports, sports. I love that debate. I don't. I personally, I personally do not think that we should have transgender men who are women competing in women's sports. Right. That's my belief. Am I qualified? No. Am I an athlete? Bro, look at me. <laughs> Am I a scientist or a biologist? Absolutely not. That's an opinion I have. You know Do what? I go out and say, this is my opinion, fuck you for not agreeing? I'll be like, this is what I think. I just think it's kind of unfair. I don't know. What do you think? All right, let's talk about it. But you can't talk about it because if I start saying anything about it, people are going to lose their fucking mind. That's the thing, 100%. We have bigger problems to deal with. And it's not because we have bigger problems that this isn't important. Right. Uh -huh. It's the fact that the bigger problems are out there and we ignore them that to me is hilarious. Yeah. And we're talking about things that aren't problems. Dude, take just yeah. Google the percentage of gay people in America. We're spending 100% of our time for the lowest percentage of people yeah. instead of spending most of our time for the highest percentage yeah, like, of people. Why are you worried about them? Let them do whatever. Dude, white people are out here <laughs> taking care, ta arguing over gay people instead of arguing over the fact that white people in America can't even make it anymore. America is in trouble because Damn. white people can't even make it yeah. anymore. And they're out here worried about yeah. gay people? So clearly comedians are, are actually necessary because people don't know this. They think comedians are clowns and all that stuff, but they are one of the most educated. Some of them type. are. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, a good comedian. Yeah. I, yeah, that's also, but that's issues. also debatable. I think there's also like a room for, you know, like Carrot Top is doing prop comedy. And I think he's great because some people love that. At the end of the day, you know, I can, I can make myself as important as I want to be. I'm going to be important to some people. And some people just are like, I don't want to go watch a Nimmer show because Nimmer's hilarious, but he makes you think, I don't want to think. That's what I, that's what I like. That's what you like. And I love it's that. Real con like it's a real that's, life. That's who I am. But some people don't want that. Some people want to get smashed, take a girl, have a great date, laugh about fart and dick jokes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, they love this comedian because they hate on women. They love that comedian because they hate on men. And right. they go. And good yeah. for them. Everybody has an yeah. audience. But I think yeah. the best comedians can do that and also somehow still mix in a, a deep message. I agree. And like the George I'm Carlin's biased. But I, yeah, yeah, I mean, those are my heroes. So, so, Richard Pryor. So Richard when you do Eddie that, Murphy. Dave Chappelle. Chris Rock. All of these comedians have cause tectonic shifts in culture, American culture awareness. Yeah. So you are basically saying like you are not important, but I think you are very important when, when it comes to this kind of stuff. So that means a lot because yeah, yeah. ultimately people like you decide whether or not I'm important. Yeah. Right. Yeah. My mom thinks I'm important, <laughs> but apart from that, I, I only deserve importance if I'm, if I earn it. And that's what I love about stand up. It's such a noble profession. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you're, you're, no matter what I've done in my career, if I go, if I do a show now and you guys show up and I'm not funny, nobody leaves and goes, the show was shit, but he was on the cover of Rolling Stone magazine, so yeah. it's all good. Yeah. Right. That's what I love about stand-up. It keeps you honest. You music, have to stay on it. music yeah. you make a hit song, your political views shift, you shift. It doesn't matter. You're still right. playing the same song for years and years oh, yeah. and years. Yeah. Yeah. But so um, you can't do the same stand-up. You can't do that set. with stand-up. Bro, right. stand-up, people watch your stand-up 
And then they go, I like the way this guy thinks. I'm going to pay money to hear him think about stuff <laughs> that have nothing to do right. with what the I like. first thing I like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's true. Um, yeah, so you, again, like massive in the Middle East. The message is received well. Like, you know, you speak the language. Mm -hmm. uh, you do very well there. But, like, when you come to the States, mm -hmm. and obviously, like, in, before you did the eight shows in Lebanon, you mm -hmm. were pretty much on tour mm -hmm. in America, too. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I've been here for years now. Yeah, touring. so... how? How do you feel about the dichotomy between those two? Like, I don't uh, feel there is a dichotomy. With, yeah. with my special no bombing in Beirut, that's what I did. Like, I filmed it in Beirut in America, but cut in between during the show. Okay. And you don't even realize which crowd you're watching react. And I wanted to do that because at the end of the day, we all have the same problems. There is the 10, 20 minutes of material that is culturally specific. Or if I'm talking about like hummus, it's going to mean a lot more to Lebanese people right. than it is to Americans. But apart from that, we all have overbearing parents. We all suffer from debt. We all have relationships we're not happy in. We all have the same problems. So I have yet to find uh, that big of a difference, to be honest. So talk about hummus. You brought out the you brought out Habiza straight up. So, <laughs> this is a good time to a break and for plug our sponsor. sponsor. Yeah. yeah. So this is a crazy story because Habiza is actually made by a guy. Um, his, his great grandmother is from Duma, and my Ooh. my grandfather is from Duma, so he's this is like the tahini is from uh, literally like the mountains of Lebanon. Really? So, so apparently this is this is one of the most authentic really? hummus or hummus hummusai. How do you say hummuses? Hummuses. Hummuses. Yeah. So I'm in, I'm in contact. with Habiza is yeah. absolutely delicious. You've had it? Oh my god! It's like one of the authentic ones. So for can sure. And the guys. Can from I Sroor? dip my finger in there real you quick? Some pizza chips, right? Yeah, Bro, so. <laughs> let's have some. Let's crack it up. Support support Arab business, man. Let's do it. Oh yeah. Okay, I have a question for you as a comedian. Um, let's say I wanted to get into comedy. Mm -hmm. How how do I write a joke? Like, you come up with a premise, and then you come up with a punchline? Oh, dude, I mean, you ask 15 comedians, they're going to give you 15 different answers. How do you do it? I go on stage, and the joke finds me. So you have, like, a little nugget of... In my mind, I go up, and I'm like, I've, I'm, I'm pressed about this specific thing or passionate about something, and I start talking about it, and I see where it goes. That's my style. When I write, it's never good. Oh, so right. I go up on stage and I feed off the energy and kind of like. So you come there with like basically nothing or just like something small. When I want to start just, working on new stuff, yeah. You won't just like write it all out and then try no, it. No, no, no. It'll be something that is important to me. And if it's important to me, then I know I'm going to have something to say about it. And then you write down. And then, and then it's a simple thing. It's like, I want to say this about the topic. How do I say it and make it funny? And then it becomes like a mental exercise where you're thinking of these um, examples where you're like, this happened to me when I was a kid. That's a funny story, and I can actually link them together, so let me do that. Mm. That's that's my way of doing it. But I think in comedy, it's all about finding your voice, and you can only do that on stage. Just the rest of the podcast is going to be crunching. I'm going to taste this shit. This is going to be crunching. This is ASMR, Habiza. We need <laughs> olive oil, though. But it's, it's, I, know. I was literally going to ask him on the phone, did you bring the olive oil? And I knew he didn't. There all right, let's, let me try it, too. You, know, I'm, I'm, you, I'm can gonna taste, you... you can taste the tainy in this one. Oh, yeah? <laughs> From the mountains of It's not of one of those, like, sour... Hummuses that they come packaged. There's hummus. So if you're somebody who likes the taste of tahini in your hummus, mm -hmm. this is the ticket. I do. Okay. Oh, yeah. Mm. Does, that, does that make you a hummus sexual? Mm. All day, every day, baby. Habiza. <laughs> so speaking of stand-up, can I, I – I've been uh, here and there experimenting with writing some material. I've heard. Can I get – you have? Mm -hmm. Nice. 
Can I give you a snippet? Just a... Sure, it's not easy without an audience, but go ahead. All right. I asked my friend if I can uh, take a piss in his bathroom. He's like, of course, my friend. Take a shit, too. And I'm like, nah, you know what I'm saying? It's all good. I just want to pee. <laughs> He's you can like, take a shower if you want to. <laughs> He's like, no, I insist. You must shit in my bathroom. So this guy proceeds to, here, I'll come with you. And this guy proceeds <laughs> to escort me to You his need bathroom. a new friend. All right, sorry, go ahead. All right. Um, and he's like, you have to try my new shatafit, my new bidet. It's uh, very excellent. Uh, the pressure is great. And uh, puts me in the bathroom, slides a stool under my feet. He's like, here, this will stimulate your gut. You know? It's how the Chinese poop. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is a true story. <laughs> no, I'm, in, I'm invested. Right, right, right where you know. Right where you know. The hospitality is just—he just couldn't help it. Uh, so I, you know, here I am taking a shit I didn't know I need uh, in in this guy's bathroom, and uh, I hear him screaming from from the, across the room, like, uh, "Try the bamboo towels. They're under the sink. Only used once today. Very soft." And uh, yeah, that was that's pretty much the, the gist of it. <laughs> Where's the punchline? I'm waiting. What the fuck? <laughs> so, so uh, the setup, the the setup was so good. I was invested. So what? And he's like, and that's pretty much me. it. He's like, no. <laughs> that's all I got. That's so a good punchline. I'm not gonna help lie. Help me, help me. Wait, so he's yeah, like, how, how do we build this? How do we get a punchline? I don't know. I mean, what you've done is you put together a premise, and right now what you're gonna have to find out is how. You, so you say he did this and did this, and you're going to link it to a real-world event or something that people can identify with. Okay. Where being hospitable, like, I can only imagine if I was like that with this scenario, what would have happened? I'm on an airplane. This is yeah, yeah, That's yeah. the classic formula right there. Okay. But I don't know. I, it depends on what you're trying to say. Are you trying to make a joke about what's the joke supposed to be about? Like, that's the first question. So what's the purpose of the joke? Remember how we're talking about having yeah, a purpose? Yeah. Very important. Like, is the purpose to make people laugh so it's a fart joke? Or is it the purpose to make something funny about how being hospitable is counterproductive? Or is it about how Americans are not hospitable? Like, what you could have said is, I did this, I did this. I would have shortened the amount of examples okay. just enough to establish that this guy's super hospitable. And then you go like, I went to my white friends to Kevin's house. Who do you reference earlier? He got mad at me. And then I go to Kevin. I'm like, can I use your toilet paper? He's like, bitch, what, what, get your own toilet paper. Yeah, like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I'm not I'm just spitballing. Right, right, but right, right, right. at that point, you're going to want to find a compare and contrast. Got that's it. like comedy 101. And then you could go even further. And that's what I do where I'll link it somehow to ISIS losing the war. Like that, <laughs> and I, and I, and that, that's where people start to really appreciate you as a comedian because your perspective, you use things that people experience every day to illuminate on things that they never thought of with that thing that they experience got every it, day. Got it. Okay. I think you could Interesting. Just, if uh, only ISIS was as hospitable as your friend. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's 100%. Uh, so if you had to like say the general like, Bro, outline this of This is it. so delicious. Yeah. I usually don't like too much, you know, tahini, but it's it's I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Especially so, without the olive oil. Uh, yeah, we'll uh, need those chips in a second. Mm. But uh no, if you had to say the general I just want to grab. The general I'm being hospitable. <laughs> Wipe your ass with the toilet. <laughs> you want to use the toilet? I'm so hospitable. <laughs> I said, Tfadal. Bro, what, what is this, Palestine versus Israel? Look at the chips. The bro, chips, bro. Oh gave God. him the small piece. He oh, gave me the small piece. He, but, uh, he occupied the larger piece. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I ate the rest of it. But you could have uh, used ChatGPT to finish the rest of the joke, couldn't you? Nice transition. Let's talk about AI This guy loves ChatGPT. I know. What, I want, how I want, are your I'm very know, happy that ChatGPT until now has not been funny. Yes. Thank God. I want to know the formula. Like, is there a general, like, okay, first it's a story, and then it goes into... It's got to be premise. What's the... Formula? Premise punchline is usually the formula for stand-up. Okay. For any storytelling, right? 
The punchline is the objective. Okay. And the premise is, so even if you're telling somebody, if somebody says like, how do I get better in my life? Mm. Right? It's fucking fire. Wow. Then you're going to have to hit them with the premise, which is like when I was doing what you were doing, I did this, 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 and then you conclude it with the lessons that you learned. That's the same formula for any medium of storytelling. Stand-up is just storytelling, right? So I guess you got to find an interesting premise, but you got to know where you're like, the difference is just like Bill Hicks said, if you're in a comedy audience, the crowd is paying you money to make them listen. So you got to answer the question, why are they listening to this story? Yeah. What's the purpose? So you, other situations, they're coming to hear a motivational talk. So you know that you have to make a story to motivate them. But in this case, they're here to laugh. Yeah. So do you want to make them laugh? Do you want to make them laugh and leave them with a message? Mm. It's up got to you. It. You're it. in control. Got it. But going back on uh, yeah. finishing, like, let ChatGPT write yeah. that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Do you think AI can get to the point? Yeah, I, I I'm not. sure there's going to be a day. Uh, thankfully, we're very far removed from that because ChatGPT right now is very infantile in its artificial intelligence. Some people still say that it's not yet even artificial, truly artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't. Man, we're in trouble. Like it's coming, right? Yeah. I just like the fact that comedy, since there is no formula. Seinfeld has a totally different style of telling comedy than CK. Some people think CK is a genius. Some people think he's not. Some people think Seinfeld's the funniest stand-up. Some people think he's not. And that's the same thing that's going to end up happening. Chad GPT is going to become another comedian. Might be a thousand other comedians. Yeah. But there's still going to be other people. And at the end of the day, you want the comedian to be on stage for the live experience. Yeah. Until Unless we get to the phase where we're in like a post-apocalyptic world where everything's online. Jeez. But I mean, anything's possible. But What's I don't. I don't feel the. the I don't feel the threat from ChatGPT that mm-hmm. that other people definitely should yeah. be feeling. Software engineers, stuff like that. Yeah. Maybe what they oh. can do is what, what it can get good at is like emulating the voice of famous comedians with a lot of material out there. Like, hundred percent. Start like doing jokes in your style or in David Chappelle's. Somebody, style. and that's what's dangerous because somebody could come out and put uh, Dave Chappelle saying some incredibly heinous shit. Right. And then in his voice, let alone. And I don't see it being able to different. We that's my danger right now. Instead of talking about pronouns, right. I don't know why we're not discussing how the fuck we're going to be prepared for. Yeah, oh, the, yeah, the deep, fake, deep fake stuff. <laughs> when a deep fake comes out about Biden, you know that that's going to send people into a frenzy on the yeah. right, right? And they might go and some of their left wing neighbors. Jeez. How are we going to protect against that? Where we live in a world where people are believing the dumbest misinformation, like the bar for entry for misinformation to be believed is so low. Yeah. That ChatGPT doesn't even have to clear a high bar, right. so we should be discussing that. Yeah, whether it's ChatGPT or any other AI engine. Yeah. I just, you know, most people are talking about how AI is a bad thing, but mm-hmm. more, most, I mean, I feel like it's if it's, not, if it's a it's, great, it's, thing. it's a great tool mm-hmm. that can be used, and you shouldn't be scared of it. But well, like, you just got to know how to work with it, right? Like yeah. the internet, same thing. When the people internet was so, when like, it was first yeah. introduced. You know, it was just as people were like, this danger is going to change communications. And it's very dangerous, for instance, the internet for authoritarian regimes. It allows people to coordinate on a scale that wasn't available before. So there's a lot of... I mean, a lot of the, 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 what do you call it, the things that we've made over history has been used for both evil and good. A a knife. You can cook with it. You can stab with it, right? A gun. You can hunt with it. You can kill with it. Anything at the end of the day has its negatives and positives. But the fact that we're not even having a conversation about AI right now, like you have the power today to make a huge impact in your community, in your society right now by starting to shift the conversation. And it's for free, just shifting the conversation. If you saw my special, love isn't the answer. 
The main purpose of that was to talk about that the biggest war in the world is the war of narrative mm -hmm. and how important comedy is to that. So right. if narrative is controls everything, that's what got Donald Trump elected. Yeah. That's what made Donald Trump lose. Right. That's what got Bill Clinton elected. That's what got George Bush elected. It's narrative. Yeah. How, do, how charismatic, how much you can control it, how much you can manipulate it. Right. How do we control our narrative, especially as Arabs? By – as Arabs? There is no I mean, way. It's by influence, right? Mm. So the more people – the more like-minded people who start to realize by – I'll tell you exactly how. We need to have a conversation over what the fuck our purpose is. Mm. That's it. We don't. We have not yet had that conversation. Zionists have, right? Americans have. Americans have had that conversation. Capitalism is their objective, pure and simple. The American model, capitalism, greed, that is the objective. Yeah. Financial stability and success, that is the objective. Right. That's what they measure almost every metric from. And to a more or less extent, following yeah. is also an objective. You have somebody like Elon Musk who has more money than anyone but is still – Miffed that he doesn't have the following, like he wants more of the following. Right. Like, right. so those are objective. What about us? We don't have a common objective. And the question is, do we even need a common objective? Shouldn't humanity have a common objective? They're not going to let us have that conversation by they. I'm not being like DJ Khaled. I mean, corporations <laughs> don't, don't want, want you to win. No, they don't want you to have that conversation. If we start setting objectives, then we can start seeing when people's actions or companies' actions conflict against. with our objective. As long as we don't have a common objective, then we won't even see it. So what, what do you think as Arabs should be our objective? Because it's not going to be pure capitalism. Our objective is to make the world a better place. Okay. I believe that Arabs are some of the coolest, nicest, most beautiful people in the world, right? I've met Arabs from every Middle Eastern country who have been just the most hospitable, welcoming, genuine people ever. They are wise, they are intelligent, and they have a perspective that nobody else has because of what we've been through. I think our objective is to share that perspective with, with the mm. world and let that world find our perspective mm indisposable mm. see we need I, to we need to we need to give our our people the wealth of being indisposable mm. and you do that through perspective yeah. not through oil we were just talking mm. about that though like arabs have made the world a better, like a better place <laughs> we've been um made uh, a lot of the inventions over history mathematics been, yeah we know that we don't, but yeah and we don't we get know the that credit. we don't get we the know credit because we don't because we don't do that extra bit of marketing and that's mm. where you asked me earlier no, about I think PR. It's still like a lot of, for example, even like the interesting. They did the marketing for like, us and they said, okay, this is what. Everyone thinks Thomas Edison invented all this stuff, but it was really Tesla, right? I think that's similar, like that similar concept happened. And before that, it was Baghdad battery. Yeah. What? <laughs> no, <laughs> what wait. was that? The There's Baghdad battery. The first battery. Oh, um, I thought. Oh, yeah. I thought that's uh, like thousands a, of years I ago. That was like a sex move. Or no, something. no. The, the, it sounds like one. Probably is one. <laughs> but thousands of years ago, the Baghdad battery was the first. The Iraqis were the first to light a bulb. Urban Dictionary. That's to crazy. light a what? A light bulb. Really? That's how, how. So the question was, how are they painting inside the pyramids? Great question. Where's the light coming from? You can't light a flame. You're gonna. Fire. You're gonna. You're, you can't inside right. it because the oxygen, oxygen runs yeah. out. Oh, that's right. So either they're going, <gasps> and then painting really what quick and they, running what out. They, <laughs> what if they took the top block, took it off? A convertible pyramid. Yeah, I mean, exactly. you know, I, you know. <laughs> it yeah, wasn't just in Baghdad. It was like in the caves and stuff. And I believe I might be mistaken on the name. I'm not an authority education wise, but there was the first battery ever made. I believe it was called the Baghdad battery. Um, so first, you're saying like that, those are the ways to. No, no. I mean, up, I mean, we've, we've, my yeah. point is we've, um, the Baghdad battery is the name given to a set of three artifacts, which are found together, a ceramic pot, a tube of copper and a rod of iron. And that's how they're like drawing inside caves and stuff. Wow. 
Um, did you know that the Phoenicians were here in America thousands of years ago, long before Christopher Columbus traded with the Native American Indians? Really? The, yes. So all of these things happened. Right. You didn't even know it. I know it. Some people know it. Why aren't we putting out TV shows, movies, yeah. material? Why don't, we have, why don't we champion fellow charismatic people like yourselves who are doing podcasts and trying to get the word out? Why don't we do that? And the reason isn't because we want to show the world that we're better. It's that we want to show the world that they could, they, we could be a better place if they also listen to us. At the end of the day, right. why on. do you listen to your parents when you want to make a big decision? For their perspective. Mm. You know that they love you. Yeah. And you know they have your best interests at heart. But you're going to listen to them. You might not agree with them, but you're going to listen to them because their perspective is important, yeah. whether or not it's deservedly important. Right. But we have to prove that our perspective is deservedly important, and we have the portfolio to prove it. Yeah. But instead, we're letting other people who have lesser contributions paint us yeah. as terrorists and extremists. Right. Right. And who is doing that? Terrorists and extremists. Terrorists and extremists are painting us as terrorists and extremists. But you, you, say you blame us for our perception. Mm -hmm. I saw it in a video. You said like – Yeah, 100%. Can you explain that? Uh, We're not doing enough. How many shows do we have like Seinfeld that the West watch? But the, isn't that like a deeper, like who's making that show? We don't have the opportunity Seinfeld. to have okay. that show. Seinfeld. So so how many? No, no, no. You, I don't think you understood what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm, how many? Go, go with me step by step. How many shows from the Middle East, not from here? Mm. That's what I meant. But if so Seinfeld I apologize. Was, if Seinfeld was made in the Middle East, it wouldn't be as big. I'll rephrase the question. Yeah, well, let him get to yeah, it. Let me, yeah. let me rephrase the question. How many, let, let's go step by step. How many shows do we have coming out of the Middle East that make a modicum of an attempt to share our culture in a foreign language? Never, none. I rest my case. Matthew Mitlow? How much <laughs> money do we have in the Middle East? A lot. A lot. How many European, Western, and Asian people do we bring to the Middle East and give them our money? A lot. A lot. So we can't spend a bit to make a TV show or a movie? Did you ever hear? Okay. So that's my point. Because we don't have an objective and we've never had this conversation, there's no thought about that. So like Abu Dhabi and all of that are trying to do their best to support cinema, mm -hmm. right? But they're doing it by giving money to local so, creators, but they're still doing content in Arabic. I'm not saying we have to do content in English, quite the contrary. But the success of America to bomb Iraq and still be a champion to Iraqis is because of cinema and TV. In the 80s, you would have movies about Americans being the heroes. And all the Arabs are the terrorists. Yeah. In the 80s, Rambo came. Was it Rambo? It was Rambo. Rambo? Mm. Rambo. It was yeah. Rambo with Osama bin Laden. Right? Rambo 3 or 2, where oh. he goes to, uh, to Afghanistan and they fight Russians Side by side with the Taliban. And at the end in the credits, they've removed it now. But in the credits, it said this movie is dedicated to Osama bin Laden and the, and the brave fighters, what? the brave Mujahideen Whoa. of the Taliban. Really? Well, we trained the Taliban. They were our yeah, allies until I, we fucked that up. Yeah. But that was basically what it was, right? Wow. So at that point. So during that time, dude, our America's cinema and culture gets exported that way. And Americans, how many of us wore Chicago bull hats and t-shirts when we were growing up. Mm -hmm. How many of us listened to Michael Jackson when we were growing up? How many of us watched Terminator 2 like yeah. a thousand so times? I think this you're All I think us. bolstering my point at least mm -hmm. that America is the place to be exported from. 
That's what it, I was saying, and you're the one that told me there was Norwegian films last time. No, no, no America, I'm, I'm now, saying, now that it's bigger. I'm not now, saying America's now, the place to export from. I'm saying America's the model to copy. In the 80s, copy. there wasn't Netflix where we had exposure to those kind of Scandinavian genres <laughs> and all and Arabic, tur- you know, Turkey, all that, all these shows that we can Turkey's now watch. doing incredible. Yeah. yeah. We can watch these shows now because of streaming, and, mm-hmm. and all, but... Um, Did you ever? Again, you're saying from, imagine Netflix has opened the door for worldwide content. And we have yet to put out a show that can that Americans would enjoy. I think. Well, we we are Turks have. Yeah, I think we are, but we just don't they get do the same job. chance. We don't get. We're not getting the same. The Middle um, East. There's Netflix in the Middle East. No, well, there's Netflix in the Middle East. We could we could put out a show like that. We don't have the backing. Arabs are not investing in themselves. They're not backing Arab creators. They're going to back Americans because it's a safer investment. Period. They have the experience. They have the history. That's why we need to support each other. Okay. Creatively, we need to yeah. Yeah. Go, come to America, go to Europe, succeed, and then not forget where we came from right. and do that. Why? Because we need to give wealth to ourselves, and our wealth is in our perspective. It's not in the cars we own. Bro, when you buy a car, you're not wealthy. The person who sold you the car is wealthy. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how the fuck people don't get this yet. You buy a house, you're not wealthy. The bo- person you bank. bought the house from is is wealthy. The bank is wealthy until you own the house. Right. Then that is an asset for you, right. but right. it's still susceptible. Our wealth that nobody can take away from us is our perspective. And I don't know how to tell people about the Arab perspective because whenever I tell it to them, I'm telling it to them for the first time. That's what needs yeah. to change. And that is why we started the Habibi House podcast. That is why I'm here. <laughs> no, that's show. why I'm here. We're I talked to things. Asad a long time ago, and he's like, I want to do a podcast. This is what I want to make it. I want to gear it towards it. I'm like, you make that podcast. You say jump, I'll say aisle high. We, we appreciate that. So no, dude, much, I appreciate you guys because this is the first podcast that I've been on that's like this. Yeah. So keep it up. Number one Arab American podcast in the, yeah. in the universe. Number one. Just like I was the number one comedian when there were no other comedians. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. What do you that's think nice. sounds better, the first Arab American podcast or the number one? I, I'd say you should call yourselves the the Arab American premiere. The Arab American nice, not like the premier. Simple, the just the Arab the. American there are no the Habibi with the Habibi the, the. And you guys are bringing really great people over. The episodes you put out so far are fucking fire. Yeah. You're all very charismatic. You're very welcoming. I think you guys have gold, and as long and I love the fact that you're from different places, and you're. I think you're like teaching with every episode, like how if we just get along and set a common goal, which you guys literally have done. This is a microcosm of the Arab solution yeah. right here, man. We put away, like, honestly. You should see the behind the scenes. This yeah. podcast has probably fallen apart, like, a dozen times, but right. because we have that that pr- common purpose, yeah. the common goal. You keep coming back. back. We keep coming back yeah. to it. Yeah. and yeah. It's been rocky you know? times, for sure. Obviously. That's yeah. the whole point. It's not supposed to be easy. Yeah. That's why, like, when you achieve it, nobody can take it away from you because you went through so much to get it. So if anyone wants to compete with you guys, it's going to be the same thing. They're yeah. going to have to deal with that. Yeah. So so keep at it. But some of the lead developers on franchises like God of War, Spider-Man, and the biggest studios, Lebanese, Arab, Palestinian, Syrian dudes. Really? Yeah. If you want, I can connect you guys with them. And they're there. Wow. They're talented. You don't lose anything by being Arab. Yeah. You don't gain anything by being Arab. As long as you're a smart human, you're a smart human. Right. But we, you guys now have a platform where I could go to this guy. Hey, these are some Arab guys who are interested in putting the spotlight. And the question is, why are you doing that? Because you want to elevate our perspective. That's the, pur- that's the purpose. Absolutely. So my question is, we're going to need somebody who's going to invest in Arab talent. We got to make sure that Arab talent is recognized. You guys are one of the biggest ways to do that. I do it through my standup. You're doing it through your podcast. If we keep doing this, eventually the money will find us. Yeah. And our projects will go off. We may have to make a few low-budget projects like Neil Blomkamp, 
the director who did District 9 did it on a shoestring budget, and then he could do anything he wanted in Hollywood. Yeah. Sometimes you got to prove yourself. You have to. What's yeah. good about Hollywood, you prove yourself, and they throw money at you. Right. What's bad about the Middle East is you prove yourself, and they start thinking about, well, how can I make sure that he realizes I'm still the boss? Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. That's the culture we need to step away from, and us as youth, we have. Yeah. I'm not here trying to show you guys that I'm a big deal for your podcast. Mm -hmm. right. You're not here trying to show me that you are a big deal. We're here together to say, look what we can both bring to the table yeah. and what we can produce. 100%. And that mentality is going to is gonna change the world. 100%. And I the world needs us. I agree. I agree. And yeah, of course, we'd love to meet those those folks. Uh, yeah, for sure. It's like crazy because you've never even, we don't even know those people exist. Right. Even us who yeah, are, are deep too. into all this. Yeah. There's a lot of Arabs in the music industry. There's a lot in the film industry too that I've met that are making some sort of way for themselves. Yeah. Dude, the producers yeah, more for more. Terminator and Rambo is Mario Kassar. He's a Lebanese guy who still speaks with a Lebanese accent. And no he's way. so fucking Lebanese. He, he was on a podcast and he's talking about how he funded getting Sylvester Stallone for, uh, for, Rambo? for Rambo. Wow. And he's like, so I saw him and I told him I have $18 million. And the guy on the podcast was like, you had 18 million? He's like, no, I had nothing. So I go to Paris and my uncle, my father or uncle owns a bank. And I said, give me uh, 18 million or 1.8 million, some absurd number. Yeah. And he said, okay. And I go down and the guy, he goes, uh, I will not give you. I go, Habibi, my uncle, oh, like you're listening to... <laughs> The most Lebanese dude. And yeah. this guy's produced the biggest hits wow. in the world. Nobody knows. That's wild. They're all over. The Halloween franchise is owned by a Jordanian guy. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, he also did Lawrence of Arabia. His father oh, did Lawrence of Arabia. Wow. But his father and his sister died in the terrorist attack in Jordan in that hotel years oh, ago. Yeah. And now he runs the company. Wow. But these are all people that are amongst us yeah. that are succeeding, but they fear us. They fear Arabs because historically Arabs will see another Arab succeeding and think about how I can screw them over. Mm. And that is a problem. It's been a problem in the comedy industry, yeah. a huge problem. It's a problem in every industry. That is a problem. I am against that and I want to collaborate Same. and I want yeah. us to win yeah. with Asians, white people, black people and everyone and Arab people. Right. We should all cooperate right. Right. And, and win. Yeah. I remember my acting teacher when I went to USC, he was like, be happy if someone that looks like you is succeeding because that means there's more opportunities right? for people for like you. you. Right. Yeah. That's why people are like, why does Mo have a TV show and I you love don't? It. I go, first of all, I'm not as good as he is for TV, period. And the proof is uh, I don't have a TV show. <laughs> and yeah. second of all, the fact that he has a TV show means he just made it easier. Right. Just like when I when I started doing stand-up in the Middle you East, I made, it, I made it easy for everybody yeah. to do it. No, now it every now there's a – of course it was hard, dude. I, Nobody knew what the fuck I was talking about. I'd go into a venue and I'd, they'd be like, how much do we charge for a ticket? And I'd be like, oh, it's like, uh, i tell them, you know, you could do a minimum charge, f ten, $10. And he'd be like, that's a band. And those are four people on stage. You're just one guy. Mm. So it should be $2.50. That was their mentality. Wow. You know, and you had to prove yourself. And then yeah. it was easy because as soon as I made money for them, they were like, oh, this is the best. And then they're like, wait, we don't need a line, you know, like a back line. We don't yeah. need instruments. We don't need people, just one guy. No, no, a light in a thing. Come any day. Bro, <laughs> wow. let's go. Wow. So, yeah. So it was it was just about proving yourself. And we got to do that as Arabs. And we're doing that. We got people paving the way. I did it with stand-up. Mo's doing it with Rami and TV. Maz did it in TV before all of us. Yeah. Right? And and the axis of evil and everything. So it's happening. Yeah. It's good. We need to. We need to. Right. We need to keep doing it. Yeah. I wanted that we and support local artists. Like you know, a Lebanese, an Arab singer, 
uh, uh, rapper, uh, uh, artist. You got to go, yeah, man. You got to yeah. go. You got to buy. You got to support. Yeah. You got to yeah. go show up. You got to. Yeah. It's it's easy to talk about it, yeah. but you got to like you got you see art you like that somebody made. You put it on your personal page. You tell right. your friends. You drag your friends there. You you. We don't have that culture. Yeah. Americans have been more loyal to me, Australians and Europeans, than my Arab audience. My 100%. Arab audience is very loyal. But if I get one white American who comes to a show, sees me once, they are at every fucking show for the rest of my life. They're checking for tickets in advance. They're communicating. They're bringing their friends over there. We need to do it. We got to champion each other, man. And if we do, the sky's the limit. Yeah. Because we're good people, man. We got a lot to offer. 100%. There's enough for everybody to eat. You know? Oh my God, dude. And yeah. I think there's more and more of us, to your point, doing it. Like we went to an uh, Eliana show, which I don't yeah. know if you've heard of her. Of course I have. Amazing, right? Fire. And First. it was such a beautiful display of our community coming together. Like it was all the, everyone from like um, Wissam, like Slaby, the guy for Universal. Mm -hmm. Fred Reck. To Fred Reck, <laughs> who's like a goaded Dr. Dre Eminem collaborator, producer, you know, to Masari, to Razi from Empire and... So imagine if we did that on the regular. Yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah. Can you imagine where we'd be if we did that on the regular? Hundred percent. You know, and 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 we have a community. We have a community. Really have. You guys are doing a great job by by finally bringing a like a forum for that, right? Where people can see it publicly. Right. Keep doing it. Don't worry about numbers. Don't worry about content. Don't just worry about consistency, because eventually the competition's coming for you. I'm just letting you know because once you guys start, once it succeeds. You know, there's gonna be a copycat. Another era. There's podcast. gonna be another copycat, and I think they should do it. Three fat guys, not handsome, beautiful. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like just they'll be funnier. If they're they probably. Do. I mean, I don't fair. know if they'd be funnier because you guys are hilarious. <laughs> but I'm ready for you for for like a three woman podcast. I'm ready for it, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's good. I love it. Yeah. Because that way you guys 100%. could actually do a podcast. That's what I would think. Yeah. Like let them build an audience, and you have an audience, yeah. and then you grow together. together. Right. That's what I love about Twitch. When I stream on Twitch. Bro, that platform is nuts. I finish a stream or somebody finishes a stream. They have 500 people watching them. And then they say, we're going to all go and raid another person's yeah, yeah. channel. Then they bring their entire yeah. community over to me. Yeah. You're taking your community to what's supposed to be competition. It's not. Because if they love my content, then they love Twitch. And if they love Twitch, then they love the, the medium. And if they love the medium, then Spending we grow. Time on there. Yeah. We got to grow. We got to grow, man. And you yeah. don't grow by isolating yourself. You grow by interacting, having confidence that you are worth Worthy, and right. they are worthy, and right. together you can create magic. Abundance, abundance, baby. Hundred percent. We got it, man. Hundred percent. You know, like I'm not intimidated by the fact that you guys look more beautiful than I am. You're I know a very that good looking man. I'm you a keep, very handsome man, this. but then when I walk into this room, I go down like ten <laughs> levels, dude. Yeah, but you're six. You know what I'm saying? So you think I'm ever going to introduce any points. of you to my wife? You better be fucking. <laughs> you are mistaken, baby. Okay. You're she thinks I'm the important. most handsome man in the world, and I'm keeping it that way. Okay. Hey, listen, when you have that height, when you have the you height, have that bro, height, that's, that's true. Ballpark. That's true. I, I do have the. There's a market for men. I got. Height, I got the height, man. But that's thank God. Yeah. Thank God, my parents were tall and they fucked because, <laughs> man, I imagine I was. You don't know if they did though. I, I'm pretty sure <laughs> because if you look at my mom and you look at my dad, uh, you see me, right? But yeah. I, I do agree. You never know. They might have. What did your parents do? Uh, they're adult film stars in the pioneer. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about that. Uh, my mom is a, my mom was a housewife, um, who was a ballerina and a model when my dad met her. And then he did the Arab thing where he's like, okay, no, you do nothing. You live your life, but now that's no more ballerina model. But that's and messed up though, right? It was definitely messed up at the time. Um, and now there, he progressively throughout his life, my dad's become a lot more progressive and my mom also wanted to be a housewife. So it wasn't like she wanted to be a mother. So it wasn't also like he did it to force my mom. Yeah. But like that was what my mom was. She got married and everything. And then they moved to Saudi Arabia. So it's not like, 
it's not like she had to give up her modeling career. There was no modeling career, yeah. um, which Can't is why my, my mom's my hero. She's like, I want to have kids and I'm going to take care of them. I'm and she did it through. Her. She, she, she named how did, my well, grandfather. How did that even happen? My dad's dad. It's okay. the tradition. So my son's going to be Joseph or Yusuf. Mm-hmm. And my uh, dad's dad was Nimir. And uh, his dad was Joseph. You know, that's yeah, how we yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but my mom and my dad got married and um, they went, you know, to Saudi. And then in Saudi back then, it was very different. My dad couldn't take my mom to a doctor's office or anything because guys would look at her like, you know, because they don't interface with women. Yeah. So he left Saudi Arabia. So like there was re- respect. Like my dad was like, I can't raise a family here. So he leaves and they go to Lebanon and then they leave Lebanon because of the war and they go to America because my dad's like, I need to get my kids stability and a citizenship. Mm-hmm. And they got that for us and they took us back to Lebanon because they're like, I don't want them to grow culture. up with these racist, horrible people in the 80s that were here. I want to give them the culture and everything. So they did it all they could. Wow. And that took sacrifice for my mom and my dad. My dad was a civil mechanical engineer who later on in his life went into insurance and became a businessman. And um, my mom was really the family. She held the family together. It was a team effort, but their sacrifice is immeasurable. Yeah. And uh, I only hope I can be half the man. That Do you have any siblings? Them. I have a sister. Okay. Maria. She's a fashion photographer okay. here in, in Hollywood, so in Los Angeles. your sister is in fashion and your wife is in fashion. My wife is in fashion. Yeah. And your mom was in And my mom was in fashion. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. I, I never connected the dots. I got to type. Really? I got to I guess. Some I mean, Freudian stuff going on. I guess on. so. I just, I'm, I'm into creatives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So for me, it's always like, I want passionate people. And yeah. I think like- That Ellie Saab thing is cool too, right? Dude, like, that's no, like- no, People don't realize that like all, on in Hollywood, on the red carpet, oh, Lebanese fashion designers are- top notch. Yeah, Ellie Saab has dressed everyone from J-Lo yeah. to Halle Berry to Oscar winners to the whole deal. And she was his lead designer that's for crazy. two years, ready to wear- and started working with the haute couture. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing her. Couture, Does she have any hand me downs? She's got a few. She's got a few that she's not <laughs> handing them down to anybody. Um, and let me tell you how badass my wife is. Yeah. When she got married, she told me that her whole life, her dream was to get married in an Elisab dress. And not only mm. did she get married in an Elisab dress, it was a dress she designed. Ooh. So like that was big flex. That uh, was yeah. 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 That was a big flex. Yeah. Yeah. That was a big flex. I was like, yeah. God damn, you know what I'm saying? And she didn't let me pay for it. Oh, she was like, yeah, I was ready. I mean, here guys, I will pay for everything. And she's like, no, this is because she's like, I I want to, this is an achievement. This is something I wanted to do. And she did it, man. Dude, I, you know, that girl, fucking, she blows my mind because she's the typical Arab woman who is, has parents who empower her from when she's young. Mm -hmm. And she just blows me away at every fucking like milestone that she achieves and she does it effortlessly. Yeah. And I, I I put in so much work to achieve. And then I turn around and I look at her, I'm like, <laughs> it's effortless for her. And she's, you know, she's just like an Arab guy. She wants to achieve. She wants to right. succeed. She wants to make her own and she wants a family. And she and it's beautiful. I'm talking about that. Uh kids? What, what's what's going we're, on? We're we're planning on getting we want kids. Okay. And uh how many is like too many? Too many? I don't know if you can have too many kids. I love kids, but we want two kids. Two. two kids is like ideal. Three kids would be like, all right, we got to pause. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Just because of the world we live in today. Yeah. And we'd like to have the resources to spend a lot on our kids. And I don't mean like money. I mean like attention time, and yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the world's taking a lot more time from us. I'm 39. I'll be 40 uh, in a few weeks. And I don't have kids yet. And I'm aware of that. But we've talked about it and we've realized that we both have a lot of goals and we need to set up our kids for a world where in 20 years a house is going to cost like $20 million. So we're gonna, we've are gonna we spent this past year and probably the next couple of years focusing on our goals 
uh, professionally right. and on <clears throat> each other and enjoying our yeah. time together yeah. so that when we get those kids, the right. focus goes on them. Like yeah. personally, you're at the age cutoff for me, I think, for like if, if I'm going to have you want kids 40, or not. 40 like if, if I don't have kids by 40, because I don't want to be the old dad, you know, like I, I was, I was just like you. I got robbed a couple of years by COVID. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that, I mean, everyone, everybody. Yeah. 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 I'm just like you. I always wanted to be like, when I'm 40, I want to have my first kid. Right. But now it'll be 42 or 41 or whenever the, whenever we're blessed. Right. And so be it, you know, yeah. when it, when it happens, it happens. But in terms of a planning stage, that's kind of where we're at. Uh, for her to have a kid now would stifle her career. Right. If she were to have a kid right now, She's brand new to the U.S. She's building herself up. She wants to start her own company. I'd right. be doing her a disservice. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, I could keep traveling and leave her to take care of the kid. That's some fucking no. bullshit. No, yeah. no, no. Yeah. When, when you came to America, was how like was, how bad was it? Was there racism? like In the 80s or now when I came back in 2016? No, but still back then. Like in the back 80s, then, yeah. 90s, Dude, early. back then, Olive Garden was considered fine Italian dining. <laughs> oh, crazy. You know what I'm saying? Pizza Hut was a revolution. We didn't have the... <laughs> Uh, uh, the culture of like immigrant food, even uh, America now is radically different. Way better and way better, infinitely better. Crime was insane. You had the crack epidemic that started in the seventies. The horrifying way that Americans thought dealing with drugs would work and it didn't. It just uh, furthered uh, um, the uh, exploitation of black communities and the destruction of multiple immigrant communities in America. All of that is now being course corrected and it needs a lot more. But yeah, no, there's a wild difference, man. America in the eighties was not a place you wanted to raise a family. Wow. Period. Anywhere yeah. and everywhere, even in California. Yeah. You know, and in like, San Diego. We're, we're white passing though. We're, you know that we're white because of a Lebanese dude, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about it. You know that story? I do know, but I want you to I say don't. it. So this Lebanese guy, bro, Lebanese guys are so fucking messed up. This shit is hilarious to me. Yeah. This is this. I go, like I researched it. He came here. He wanted land. And he goes, and they said, but you're not American. And he said, I'm white. And then he, he like sued to get us classified oh, as white people so that, that we could, so that if we're classified as black, he knew that we wouldn't be able to be landowners. Wow. Mm. It was one or the other? We, we were either going to be Asian, black, or white, or, um, or Asian or black. And Asian and black both, I don't know if you guys are aware, but like during World War I, there were the camps here. Right. Asians were heavily discriminated against. Uh, blacks were obviously Black people were heavily discriminated, right. obviously. Right. Um, so us becoming white people meant we were Irish, Catholic, Greek. You know, the, the, wow. I heard it. Like they also said, they also left and it gave us it gave us opportunities, government programs we could take mm. advantage of, and handouts and federal. Now it's working against us. Uh, that we're white. I don't know if it's working against us because no no white person looks at us and thinks we're white. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they that's look the, at us and they're the, It's just not we working. Mentioned. We mentioned it's just not it. Working. We were like, it's convenient for other people to call us Arab when yeah. they, it you know it's for them, and then yes, when it's convenient for them to call us white, that's what they'll do it. And it's yeah. also because Je- I heard something about like Jesus being Middle Eastern, and they were like, oh, Jesus is white, so yeah, you guys Jesus are white. Is, everybody knows Jesus from Omaha. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Jesus was a carpenter from Omaha. Now, didn't you hear yeah. his real name is George, Joseph Smith? He Joseph Smith, that's, is that from Missouri? Is yeah. that who he is? Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Jesus, he's a Mexican dude. <laughs> hey, man, Mexicans and Lebanese are the same people as far as I'm concerned. Oh, yeah. You hang I'm out with them. Literally just having that conversation. Big family gatherings. Arabs in general. Arabs right? in general. And Mexicans and Hispanic. A lot of Lebanese Latinos. in Brazil and, and Mexico. Bro, I think Arabs in general, I think every race of people are so similar. The only outlier has been the new age white people. New age. You know, like, like, like culture. Yeah, new age, like people who have multiple generations raised in the same state in America. 
whatever state that might be. Yeah. What about right? them? The Valley Girl, the Southern Girl. Those are the people that find Arab culture or any other culture to be. It's like them and the world mm. is what I've noticed because anybody in America from Asians to black to, to Arab to European to what it, we all have big families, overbearing parents, the same yeah, issues. Yeah. It's just yeah, white I mean, people are like, I see what you're saying. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like yeah. their parents don't pressure them to be doctors or right, but everybody right. else does. You know, they're so individualistic. And yeah, the, about the, the way. But Irish like, Catholics were the same. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. Irish Catholics, the, the the immigrant population, the Polish that came the into Italians. America, all of, the Italians. Those yeah. are the same. I'm just talking about like the new age white people. Yeah. Right. Who have like, it's like a being Americanized generation, an Americanized generation. white people where they think like mayonnaise is a spice. Those people. <laughs> that's the problem. Yeah. Not the problem. They're not a problem. Is they're just, just like, that's the outlier. Is it a factor of complacency and like comfort over generation after generation? It's assimilation. Ooh. They've been assimilated survival into, into the too, capitalist yeah. model. Well, no, they are, the they are, they are ingrained. It's just comfort. Culture doesn't work well with capitalism. Capitalism is about greed and, and making money and getting your bag and securing it. And right. that's what capitalism is, right? right. Um, culture is about doing the right thing and looking right. out for your family. That right. goes counter to, even if it, even if it costs you money, you take care of your parents. Other, other people be like, yeah. it's going to cost me money because I have to right. take care of them. I'm just going to throw them in a home. Right. That That is a capitalistic, yeah. purpose-driven uh, family unit, and we're not capitalistic. Well, the, more yeah. we uh, so that's, that's, the more we assimilate, the less culture we have. That's true. So it's it's capitalist, but the type of assimilation is important in this case. It's capitalist assimilation. Right. They've, yeah. they've gone into the blue collar, you know, work hard, get a home, uh, retire in Florida, die. Yeah. So I was just saying survival tactic up. because uh, – <laughs> Fuck Florida, man. That place is hot. God damn, in the summer. Say it again. It's hot. But the part before that? Fuck Florida. <laughs> He's from Florida. What do you oh, think no, no, Florida. I mean, the people what do you think are about great. Michigan? I mean, like the weather, dude. I'm talking. What do you think about Michigan? He, he has a point to make. Michigan? Yeah, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just saying it's a survival tactic because I feel like minorities have this competition as who is going to be like the, the best minority. Isn't that you know? a shame, though? You know what I mean? That, and, and that's, so that's the problem. You know, so... Uh, Who wants to be of, second place? Yeah. How about Everyone we all? Be the, it's called model minority. But I if think, we all yeah. com collaborate, right. we we don't have to have a play. That's the right. like. What can you bring to the table? And then we can it. achieve something great together. You see the great like you know with the waves of of uh, emigration mm -hmm. from from the civil wars in Lebanon, we ended up everywhere, right? Like mm -hmm. Mexico, mm -hmm. especially Mexico and Brazil, right? Mm -hmm. There's more Brazil, uh, Brazilian Lebanese than, you know. Argentina, yeah. Africa, all over. So Australia. you see when mm. you have those. Com Canada. The combination yes. and that, not assimilation, but just like we, we combine almost mm -hmm. like an infusion. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of great things come out of mm -hmm. it. And it's so true. Yeah. Dude, so. even genetically, the further you marry from your genetic pool. Mm. It's better for you. It's better for the health of your children, your right. immune system and everything. So it's, it's literally hard. If you believe in God, it's like the example, it's hard coded. You want to make fruits, you cross-pollinate further. You, you like Everything comes out more resilient and stronger when you combine different perspectives. Yeah. So I shouldn't yeah. marry a Lebanese girl? I should just marry a Latina. Uh, you're, not, you're, you're, marrying the, you're marrying a Lebanese girl if you marry a Latina. Ideally, <laughs> That's too close. ideally, what you want to marry is the person that brings the most to the table perspective-wise. You want to get away from marrying somebody who is so similar to you that it's like marrying yourself. Interesting. My wife and I... She's ve I'm very progressive. She's very conservative. I'm a huge risk taker. She's somewhat risk averse. Yeah. And that is so important. You balance yeah. each other. Because right. if you surround yourself with yes men, then you're basically going to become Kanye West. You become so successful that you break under the own pressure mm. of your success. Mm. You have to surround yourself with people. And I've done that my entire life who criticize and don't agree with me. Yeah. 
all my life, even Assad, when I was in Florida, what was the conversation we had as soon as we walked out? We were discussing how I could improve my social media presence. Hmm. Instead of talking about what a great show was, the show was great, that's good. Yeah. Achievement unlocked. <laughs> right, right. But we're trying to talk yeah. about how to do better still. Yeah, 100%. That's the thing. It's not about tearing each other down. It's literally about yeah, like, building. You, you nailed this, you nailed this. Right. There's a weakness there. How yeah. can we build it up? He's, great, what, at, he's great at doing that. He's amazing. Yeah. Dude. Assad's one of the smartest people I know. He's a really good guy too, and he's honest and he's decent. You put those qualities together, and you're set. He's short, yeah. But apart from that, <laughs> if I'm short, then how short? Bro, I gotta, I gotta knock you down a peg. You're not short at all. He's almost my height, so you know. I was just gonna say, how much did he pay you to say that? Because I could pay I just, you double. Man, I've known Asad for a, for a while now. How long has it been? A year or two? Two yeah, years yeah. probably. And in those two years, man, I've had nothing but great interactions positive and every friend i've met of his has been a good person so you know you, you are who you surround yourself with 100%. i mean look at you guys so there we go you, you guys bring value to him right oh, yeah Shout i think it takes some maturity to have the perspective that you did because like a lot of the time he will bring out the he'll be critical before he's like encouraging as and, he should uh, be. at times it i can am be i am the same off putting i'm a comedian imagine a comedian not being able to take criticism yeah, yeah. that's all we do yeah you want criticize. you want because you're you're selling out shows all over the world yeah but Again, like uh, only having 60K on Instagram is just not cutting it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a problem. That's a weak spot. You have great content. But but on the same end, the metric that I like about my socials is that I sell more tickets with 60K than people who have six million. But but that doesn't, but that doesn't, but the approach would be be incorrect to say, oh, so uh, I'm better. The approach is, so imagine what I could do if I had six exactly. million. Because my following is loyal and real. Right. I don't post memes and stuff. Yeah. So I got to figure out how to increase yeah. that following. Got to yeah. do crowd work. Well, compl- I, yeah. I mean, that's one way. <laughs> that's one way. Matt Rife. Or I, I got to get free. that plastic surgery, maybe to look like Matt Rife. Who <laughs> no, don't disrespect him is a good friend, and I think he deserves more success than he currently has. I think he's a titan. I love yeah. it. No, but the crowds you have, dude, I was watching some of those videos and it's just like a sea. I have gr- huge people, crowds bro. that show Insane. up for me all over Insane. the world, whether it's in Australia, yeah. Europe, America, or in the Middle East. And but I also do shows, but I also do shows like when I did the show in Florida with like so, 120 people in the audience. Wow. Because but it was still, you got it. It was, yeah, it was a great it, show. Intimate. It was intimate. Yeah. It was beautiful, yeah. but it was a small crowd because I don't have a presence there yet. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that's why I took people like Bill Burr. And Chappelle, everybody, not yeah. Chappelle, he started out young, but Bill Burr and Eddie Murphy and everybody, it takes years for them to succeed because you got to build your presence or it's like you get a lucky break. Yeah. Mm. But yeah. you can still sit, but you got to build your right. presence through consistency. Right. And for me, I'm like, if I don't have a crowd there, we go and we build it, yeah. you know? And you're never going to become the greatest if a little criticism brings you down. Of course, of course. Yeah. Speaking of criticism, I, I I watched one of the podcasts you were talking about. I mean, it's kind of a theme in your love is not the answer. Mm-hmm. You were talking about self hate, about and, yeah hate and how the power of hate, the in power general. of hate in general, and yeah. the power of hating aspects of yourself. I love hate. Can we just tap tap into that a little bit? I mean, the the I say it in the special. And the greatest way to summarize it is that um, we got to change our relationship with hate because it's real and it exists. If two people love each other, and the people around them don't want to be want them to be together if because of religion, because of income differences, whatever, right? If they fight to stay together, they don't fight to stay together because they love each other. They already love each other. That didn't change. They fight to stay together because they hate being apart. And finding the positive and the value in hate is very important mm. 
because that hate is a motivator. When you're in love, you don't want to do anything. You just want to sit down, go to the beach, enjoy and bask in that love. Yeah. But when somebody threatens that love and you hate what they're doing, you want to take care of that. The way to do that is with the motivation of hate. But hate is very dangerous right. because it can cause a lack of discipline. It can cause over-emotion. Yeah. But if you can learn to discipline the hate, mm. like if I go to a Palestinian guy and I say, you, the, the best way to fight the Israeli occupation is through the power of love. I deserve to get slapped in the face <laughs> because yeah, I'm telling the Palestinian guy that he is unjustified or girl in having hate in their heart. But what I want to go and I want to, I'm, I'm not going to tell them this, but what, what they should be telling each other is that we have hate. How do we use it to fuel ourselves towards whatever their victory they choose to be? So using hate is important and hate exists Simply saying fight hate with love doesn't work, never works. One guy with a gun will empty a stadium of 50,000 people who have love in their hearts yeah. and cause pandemonium and panic. The power of hate is infinitely stronger than love. Um, the power of love is a great glue, but the power of hate is a great decoupler. Yeah. And you can't, you can't rely on glue to keep things together. Right. All right, you gotta, you gotta make sure you can face hate with hate and that hate has to be disciplined. It has to be smart. It has to be patient. It has to be opportunistic. And you can't do those if you're emotionally filled with hatred. So when I have kids, my plan is if they say I hate something, I'm going to sit them down and ask them, why do you hate it? And what are you going to do about it? And that'll start a pattern of thought where when they identify something that is bringing them down, I hate that I'm fat. I hate that I'm out of shape. I hate that I'm too skinny. I hate that I'm this. I hate that girls don't like me. So incel behavior. Right. Fucking nobody wants to sleep with me. Fuck girls. I hate girls. Yeah. That their hatred of not being wanted is very valid. Yeah. Right. But they're, 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 everything from there derails. They should hate that girls don't want to hate, hang out with them. The question is, so why don't they? Right. And what are you going to do about it? And what kind of girl are you looking for? And from there you can work. And then it's like, all right, you know, go to the gym, read some books, get a better education, work learn, on your personality. Learn about pronouns. Learn about pronouns. <laughs> that might help. I mean, if you're on, if you're on Tinder, being a Republican isn't going to help you. Right. Yeah. Doesn't mean you shouldn't be a Republican. Right. Maybe you should find a different avenue. Don't it just means you got to find out whatever your hatred is, identify it, absorb it, calm yourself with it, and then discipline it and overcome it. And you will find that's how you open up your life for love. Yeah. That, and see, that's where, that's why I like how you, that's what it kind of, it's been pointing towards. It's like, mm -hmm. you don't use the hate just to fuel more hate. No, it's you use you the hate to end to it. a place of love at the end. You use the hate yeah. to end it yeah. so that you can open yourself up right. for love. Right. You know, I hate the fact that if I have kids, somebody might kill them in a school shooting. Right. I'm not going to answer that by telling my kids, fill your life with love. Yeah. And the bullets will bounce off of you. It's like, no, be vigilant. I'm going to I'm gonna participate in elections. Yeah. I'm going to make sure that my elected officials feel the pressure. I may have to run in an election if it gets that serious. I will do what I can right. to make a change because I hate that my kids are living this. Because right. I lived a, a, a much bigger version of it in the Middle East. I want that for my kids. Yeah. So I use that hate. But I don't let that hate mean that I'm going to beat my wife. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, that's where the, yeah. I, I, I get so angry. I get drunk. I come home. I abuse my children. Right, right. It's 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 the it's the pointed anger, right? The the one it's that's discipline, dude. Why discipline. martial arts I, I did that for a while. That that's what it teaches you. A lot of people are like, oh, you know, MMA is so much stronger than karate or whatever. Nothing that has to do with martial arts has to do with fighting. Yeah. All martial arts is is using physical activity to tame the spirit. Right. And the spirit is the real strength there. There you're gonna lose a fight. There is no one way. Somebody has a gun, everything, MMA, they're gonna shoot you in the face, it's done. Yeah. Martial arts is about 
seeking perfection of character and just the journey of that, right? And that's what what taming hate is as well. You gotta know when uh, uh, to set a priority, how to go about it, and how to overcome it. And it's a lifelong pursuit, man. And and then and then love. Love is easy. Love takes no effort. But even love, you can love a bit too much. And it can it can turn into hate. Love can kill. Love can kill. You love a woman so much, and then she falls out of love with you, and then you end up murdering her. It's two sides of the same coin, is how I see it. Mm-hmm. Like it's they almost are. the same emotion. That's why it's passion. not necessarily a bad emotion. It's passion. It's I how have, you use it. I have this bit in another show that I did where I talk about a guy who was making death threats about me, and I'm like, dude, this guy must. This guy loves me. Yeah. You know, like he's putting so much time <laughs> to finding out where I live and going out. Like <laughs> this guy's just misdirected. Like he. Yeah, they, yeah, they say exactly, that, exactly. that hate is the sincerest form of. Um, affection or, or love. Basically. Wow, that's I have to think about that. That's a pretty deep one. That's yeah. that. That's interesting. But uh, I think the biggest problem is have fear, to... not hate. But go ahead. I agree with that. It. As a last yeah. thought, fear yeah. is the poison of everything. Yeah. Right. Fear and doubt. Self doubt is the worst. Yeah. If you have self doubt, address it. Hate it. Yeah. Focus it. Overcome it. You hate the the fear and the doubt. I hate the fear and the doubt. Right. Yeah. I hate I mean, hate is a very fear, hate, hate has done great things. Fear and pain make a coward of us all. So that's yes, all. sir. Yeah. And but what anyway. you gonna do about it? Yeah. Yeah. What are you gonna do about it? And what's <laughs> and what's your to the gym? And what's your purpose? Yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, the gym is 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 my go to for everybody because you're you're it's about that teaches your brain discipline. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. To go and set an objective, work for it, see results. It trains your brain to realize that you can do anything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But uh, you know, unfortunately, we have coming to right the out close. of time. But um, I just great full to... circle about the purpose. What is yeah. the purpose? Yeah. Well, yeah, I love is, how we've all purpose? huddled in closer together. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed, like as the podcast <laughs> went down, like it's really dope. Um, brother, it's good we're I, stopping I, it now because man, hour from now is just closer coming yeah. up. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, pronouns are getting confused. Sorry, keep going. Okay. I just wanted to give you an opportunity to maybe shout out anything like uh, special. Anybody? I would love to. Yeah. What's yeah. coming up? Uh, Habibi podcast is that the camera yes. make sure you guys not only subscribe and follow and everything tell your friends tell your family let everybody know they're doing it you guys are doing a great job thank you for having me it really means a lot to me that you'd, you'd actually have me on your show and uh, and apart from that uh, nimmercomedy.com for any tickets I got a new tour dropping early 2024 I still got Canada and Europe in October and November nice and a couple of Dubai's in November as well and Kuwait nice. and uh, I'm on Twitch all the other time, also Nemer Comedy, N-E-M-R Comedy. Oh, yeah, we didn't if you talk like about gaming. the Twitch, the Twitch stream. Next time. What do you play? Everything. We're variety stream streamer. stream it on Twitch, hopefully, next time. Next time we'll yeah. stream it. I'm yeah, a variety yeah, yeah. streamer, but yeah. uh, the only competitive game I play is Apex Legends, and I'm, I'm getting really good at it. I'm working <laughs> nice. on my on my KD ratio because I hated that my KD was low, and now it's high. Nice. <laughs> nice. You're, not, you're not a Fall Guys kind of guy? That hate. I played Fall Guys when I came out. <laughs> that was comedy content, man. That shit was fun. Yeah. I love gaming. It's such a beautiful medium, so I play it all. Nice. All right. Well, awesome. thank you for everyone for tuning in to the Habibi House podcast. Make sure to subscribe, like, and share. Smash. Thank you, Nimmer. Smash that like smash, button. Smash, smash, smash. All right. Amazing. Woo. Thank you, guys. That was fun. Habibi House.